Bonjour, everybody. This is uh, Cafe Day, Renee. James is still taking a bit of a break. He'll be back soon. I'm Jonah, joined by the host, Mr. Rene Dupree, who has uh, admittedly been involved in a bit of controversy <laughs> this week. And uh, he's here to clear the story for everybody yeah. at the top of the show. Yes. Yes, everyone. I, I'm guilty, everyone. I'm guilty for being a cigarette smoker. So there's a clip going viral that uh, has me, and actually, I think we both agree, it does look like I'm doing something mischievous. It does. But here, here's, here's the reality. <laughs> here's the culprit right here. It's a toaster. Okay, why do you think I have a toaster plugged in? Well, I am a smoker, and on this uh, night in question, I actually ran out of lighters. And anybody who's ever smoked knows sometimes it happens. Your lighter runs out of fluid or, you know, you can't find a lighter. So basically what I was doing was I was bending down. Yep. Trying to light my cigarette. And the snort that everybody, you know, thought they heard was actually the clicking of the of the gimmick. Did you hear that? I heard that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully, I clear that up for everybody, or make this a separate clip so everybody can hear it. And people <laughs> are wondering. People are wondering why I'm always sniffing like that. Well, <clears throat> it is the middle of autumn here in Eastern Canada, and uh, it gets a little chilly at night. And I don't know how your body reacts to it, but I get the sniffles. So oh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully that clears everything up for everyone. So I yes, I am guilty of being a cigarette tobacco smoker. And the reason why I'm always off off uh, camera is because I don't like smoking on camera. There might be some little kids watching, and I don't want to be a bad influence. So yeah. My cocaine snorting is reserved for Sundays uh, when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all cleared up now. <laughs> did you personally get a lot of, uh, did people reach out to you or did that just go viral? Yeah, well, you posted that one clip, right? And then uh, I wasn't paying attention. And someone messaged me. I think it, it might have been James. Like, did you sniff coke? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, well, look at the clip. And I looked at the clip and I read the comments. And yeah, I have to agree. It did look that way. But it did. no, man, I just showed you guys exactly what, what happened. So yeah, if, uh, if you're just getting here, rewind. Because there's a, there's a whole demonstration. Glad <laughs> that's cleared up. <laughs> but no matter what, dude, even though I just showed them exactly what happened, people are still going to believe that I was fucking partying with the devil's dandruff that night yeah absolutely oh look at this though to change it you got the mug there what what merch are you wearing oh i got the cafe de renee sweater and uh the cafe de renee mug and um yeah i'd like to thank everybody that pre-ordered the t-shirts uh they should be uh they should be made by mid-november and by the first of december they should be all ready to go and uh and sent out so for all you listening, if you haven't yet visited the uh, the Cafe and Renee store, we got a lot of cool merchandise available. So hop on there. 
apparently I have a very lucrative cocaine habit that I have to fund. So, uh, <laughs> so buy the merch. Buy so buy the merch, dude. Yeah, I'm a There's huge cocaine. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> the, link, the links in the chat if anyone wants to check out the shop or you could email renee person there goes renee now you could email him personally cafe day renee merch at gmail.com yes. and uh place your orders directly with him yeah there we go okay so let's get into the news bud all right let's do it so what everyone's talking about it seems in the chat mostly right now one of my news points is that austin theory um, I think I mentioned you before. He's Mr. Money in the Bank, or he was. Uh, he unsuccessfully cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase, but he did it. As far as I know, this might be the first time. Chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but he went to cash in on a mid-card title, the U.S. title, instead of a world, which is a little weird. Um, albeit Roman Reigns is the world champion, but still, it's you know not normal to do that. And he actually failed at doing that. So a lot of people thinking that Triple H may not see what Vince saw in Austin Theory, because that's when he got this push was when Vince was still there. And after Triple H took over, it seems to be the only one not getting any benefits from it. Aha. Uh -huh. So the theory on theory is that exactly. Hunter doesn't see a star in him and is trying to bury him. Evidently, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, and he was involved in uh he was – did you see anything with Vince or at least did you see the stunner that Vince took at this past WrestleMania, the cell? Oh, how couldn't I? Of course <laughs> yeah, I okay, yeah. So he Best was part of ever. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Since his last one. Yeah. And so he uh, – Theory was involved in the middle of that. And I felt when he came out that – it like when Vince introduced him and everything, I mean, albeit how could you not look like a star in that angle? But I really thought that uh, – that he looked like a star that he felt like one and, and he sold the, the stunner while well, he sold the whole angle really good. And then money in the bank, he seemed believable to me, although I don't know if I ever believed him taking it off Roman Reigns. So maybe this was a way to just get it off of him and start fresh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, bud, but, uh, yeah, well, he's still young, right? He's only like in his mid twenties. Or something? Yeah, I, I think he's like 23, 24, yeah. Well, wasn't there – hold on. Wasn't there like something with him during the whole Me Too thing? Didn't he get called out for something or accused of something? I know Matt Riddle did. Um, yeah. I don't know if Austin Theory did. The chat would know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no if anybody in the chat but... knows uh... – yeah. Oh, that's the thing uh, I just read in the chat here, like with Cena. Like Hunter yeah. tried to try Hunter tried to convince the office that Cena wasn't worth a shit. <laughs> and then uh like uh, uh Hunter and uh Michaels tried to like derail the Rock's push too. So like uh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh yeah. Two of the biggest names in the last like 30 years or last 25 years in that company and those two guys tried to like derail their push. So, yeah, and that, that Austin, yeah. Austin Theory guy, I mean, let's face it, the guy looks like a star, right? So He absolutely does, yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows what's, what happens in the back and if, if Triple H sees uh, 
you know, something different of his personality or whatever. But I, I really thought he was going to be something big. And he, and he obviously still can, but it's just weird that they they clipped his wings right there with the money in the bank. I thought they could add something special with maybe letting him hold it a little bit longer. But maybe that adds fuel to the fire that they don't really know what they're doing with Roman. Because, I mean, who's going to beat Roman after Logan Paul? It's kind of up in the air. There's a lot of misses. Um, Sheamus is a guest for... Roman Reigns' uh, next feud. Well, fuck, hasn't he already been there for like 15 years or some shit? He has, yeah. Uh, he just got married, I know. And to send him off on his way to get married, they had the bloodline, Roman and the Usos and everyone attack Sheamus. Okay. So so maybe when he comes back, he might feud with them. I don't think he'd be the one to actually take it off, but it could be an interesting feud. Mm. I don't know, dude. I think we had a super chat there. What? what? We did. <laughs> to go off the Austin Theory, when Vince calls you his chosen one, you're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't he do that with McIntyre, too, back in the day? He did, and then he became 3MB. <laughs> uh, but then he went off, and he made a huge name for himself and came back, and look at him now. So uh, you never well, know, really. He didn't really make a huge name for himself. He just kept working, just kept getting booked. He just kept Drew Galloway, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. When you're a huge name, you can fucking put your name on the marquee and sell out a building. Nobody can do that now. So there's no wow. huge names. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Um, but he, he looked great. Uh, we'll see, I guess, what happens with, with Austin Theory. But yeah, yeah just well, he's still younger. They still, they still got plenty of time. I know he failed again. It was against Rollins that uh, that he tried to cash in on too, which again, you know, they had a great match in the past too. And Rollins, Rollins is doing really well for himself, but they didn't want to get that U.S. title off him. Did you ever have any run-ins? You ever meet Sheamus? I have not. <laughs> no, never met him. A lot of those guys I never met. Majority of the yeah. guys on that roster now, I don't know who they are. So. But other than that, what else is new in the wrestling world? In other news, uh, Jeff Jarrett, as you know, AEW, he just um, joined the the elite group of people taking shots at WWE from AEW, which is weird because he was just he was just there uh, very recently at SummerSlam. But he compared; they have this giant guy who's working with uh, Jay Lethal, and um, uh, who else? Who I think it is it Sanjay Dutt. Um, but they have this this huge giant, uh, Jeff Jett said, their giant doesn't need to wear skinny jeans, red skinny jeans, and isn't booked by the uh, Banana Nose Circus is the exact thing he said. Presumably banana Nose Circus? <laughs> is that <laughs> a shot at the son-in-law? I, yeah, I think it's a shot at the son-in-law, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, because, yeah, because... Jarrett was hired under the Vince regime, and then obviously he was let go by the son-in-law. Ah, so there's some heat there. Oh, it seems interesting. Like oh, yeah. our favorite Rex Gardner is here. Oh, Rex is here. Rex Gardner, thank you. Hey, Renee, uh, when you and Paul London traveled together, London rented old Chevy, Cena pulled up beside you and looked across at you. Was it awkward or weird tense moment? It was a fuck you moment, asshole. 
So I'll tell the story. So it was me. It was after the Judgment Day pay-per-view in L.A., right? Okay. And I was riding with Paul. And Paul, uh, you know, he he's trying to save money and stuff. So I don't mind you, I'm only 20 years old, so I can't rent a car. But Paul is like five years older than me. He can. <clears throat> but instead of going to like a, you know, a regular car dealership like, a, you know, a dollar or, or Hertz or whatever, right? enterprise he goes to like the secondhand used shop and he gets this fucking like 1990 now this is 2004 like a 1991 like tempo ford tempo with the all the lights it looks like a christmas tree because all the lights are like blinking off and on like the engine light the oil light this that everything and we have to drive this from palm springs all the way through the desert <laughs> at night to las vegas right and of course, I'm driving. So, you know, did you ever do that trip? If anybody's ever done that trip, you, you it's beautiful at night, but it's scary because there's nothing. There's like no gas stations or hotels or anything for miles and miles and miles. So if you get stuck, you're pretty much fucked, right? So, yeah. So as I'm driving along, Cena pulls up in this brand new like Lincoln and he's just like looks over and then just speeds <laughs> off, right? And I'm just like... <laughs> Holding this fucking thing, brain that doesn't break down in the middle of the fucking desert, right? Yeah. So you and Paul, you and Paul, yeah. So anyway, that's the story. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Cena is here. We'll go to the super chat first. Um, thank you, champ. Now I want to see a Renee reacts to WWE roster. I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah, because I feel like you know some of them, but there's a ton of guys you probably never even heard their names. Uh, a bunch of them, probably, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't keep up. I should probably keep up more now that I'm doing this. Um, now that I'm doing this, but yeah, maybe I will. I don't know. I tried watching the show. I just can't do it. Three hours for Raw is way too long. Um, and a lot of the other stuff is just so bad. And I look at it, you have to understand, I look at it through a different set of eyes than, like, you or James, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> I'm actually performing and I see like certain things are done so p poorly and it's like it's hard for me to watch so anyway what uh, no, what else is new well it looks like John Cena may be appearing at uh, this Wrestlemania coming up which oh, yeah. I believe he's missed yeah I think he's missed the past two I know he missed this one I think the one before um, but yeah he's He's gonna appear. That well, that's what they say. That the rumors, and uh, I guess with it being in L.A., it wouldn't be far off with him trying to still break into Hollywood and everything. Um, a person that they theorize that he might be going against is actually Austin Theory. Oh look at this! Oh look who it is! Don't what? start coughing, bud. Well, I left the podcast for a few days. And apparently we're all on drugs, so I thought <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah, to steer the ship again because it went yeah. wild without me. Yeah, I know. I fucking got a visit from the Colombian cartel, and they dropped off a package. <laughs> What's the rates these days? Uh, it's not bad. I mean, with the inflation, everything is going up, but, you know, uh, still sick. affordable. Uh, Very happy to have you back, James. Are you back? How do you feel? Well, I'll be, sniff I'll be sniffing. So that might be the cocaine or the flu. 
we'll, we'll, let, we'll let the internet decide. Yeah. Ugh, Once again, folks, if you're just tuning in, what you thought was yeah, me, uh, please. bending over to snort cocaine was actually me trying to light my cigarette on a toaster. So that, that's the culprit right there. When you okay. said to me a toaster, I was like, okay. But then I'm thinking, a toaster. <laughs> like I thought, well, a gas heater maybe, but when you're, you're, you said you're not, toaster. You're, you're not a smoker, right? So anybody who's well, ever that's... smoked, when you run out of, like I didn't have a lighter. My lighter ran out and I didn't have an extra one. But when I do this, it's like one after other. I got, I don't know what it is. So the best way to do it is just to pull down, right? And then you just... Can you see the toaster? Yeah. So no, you just stick it, your lighter yeah. in there, boom, you stick it in there, and you light it. No, I understand the method to the madness, but when you said that, no, it's like <laughs> the cigarette, the toaster, I'm like, but the thing is, and uh, like we won't drill too much on it, but, you know, you have got a bad habit of stepping away from the camera, but the thing is, I'm used to it, but right. people ain't, you know what I mean? Mm. So when, when you're going for a piss, you are going for a piss. Some idiots out there be like, "Oh, he's gonna take another bump," and I'm like, yeah. "Dude, we we do podcasting for like two or three hours at a time. We need to yes. take a leak." <laughs> and I drink. If you haven't noticed, I drink a shit ton of coffee. Well, yeah, yeah, and I have the bladder of an eight-year-old man, so I have to piss frequently. So, anyway, have you uh, stopped? Have you spoken about Road Dog yet? No, no, no not yet. Bring it up. Oh, the the O double G. <laughs> I like Road Dog, but safe to say he's where he is because he's got friends in the high places. I mean, not literally. And uh, he said on these podcasts recently, and no disrespect to Road Dog, I like Road Dog, but he said Bret Hart was never a great wrestler and he was a greater entertainer than Bret Hart. Um, no, Bret was a better wrestler than anybody. But the entertainment part, I agree. I, I <clears throat> agree. Like Rodok was, he had a great entrance. He was entertaining for them two minutes. Yeah, but as far as like Road Dog wouldn't be able to put on a one hour a one hour draw. Like Road Dog would never be able to be an NWA champion. Mm-hmm. Brett could, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, as far as like work working ability. And putting on a great match but as far as entertainment like yeah because you know that one line that he had what was it oh you didn't know your ass better call somebody that was hot as shit but the yeah, thing yeah. is eventually that that goes away people get sick of it right <laughs> eventually it runs its course but when you actually know how to wrestle and tell a story that can last you a, a 20 30 years right well, I mean, it's try and try too. We still talk about Bret Hart's wrestling, but we don't really talk too much about Road Dogg's entrance. <laughs> I just saw it at the DX reunion. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, wasn't the same about Billy, was it? <laughs> no, no, it really wasn't. The crowd said it, but it just, oh, it hit. And they tried to make an attempt, right? Didn't it, yeah, didn't it right. That they, the two companies tried to, no pun intended yeah. there, tried to get in there, yeah. I think Road Dogg actually came out and said it. it was rather him or Sean I think it was Road Dog because he's got his podcast and he's you know he's outspoken which I respect from him and he said he was like yeah we tried to make it happen but Tony Khan just wouldn't no I well, heard it was, oh it was it was Tony Khan oh yeah he put a stop to it I heard it was the other way around 
I did. Triple I H tried to make uh, it happen. Tony Khan. I heard Triple H tried. I heard Triple H tried to make it happen, and AEW was good with it as long as they mentioned Billy was from AEW on WWE TV, and that's when WWE stalled and didn't want to make oh. it happen. Well, the last time they mentioned Billy Gunn was in the AEW in the Piss Ant Company, got they got upset about it. And yeah. they stopped talking about WWE on every <laughs> Wednesday night dynamite. Yeah. That yeah. Uh. Well, it's kinda like um Nakamura going over for Noah, right? With the great Muda, like they can they let him go, but they can't use WWE in any of their advertisements. Right. Right. They can't mention anything about WWE. So Everyone knows he's from WWE anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's no secret. Yeah, <laughs> where's he been wrestling these past ten years? Oh, in America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where about in America? Oh, you know, in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Have they been using him at all though? Because I haven't. Well, then again, I don't really watch the show, but sometimes, like on Facebook, you'll see. Are they using him at all, Nakamura? It's weird. He was having. Comes and goes. It's... Not not long after Mania, so back in April, so say May sort of time, it looked like they was going to do a program between him and Roman for the title. And I don't know if it was an injury angle or what, but he kind of got forgotten about. And fuck, I can't remember the last time I saw him, but I don't really watch SmackDown that much. No, it's true. I, I'm with you, James. I, I don't remember the last time I saw him either, but yeah, I... Yeah, I think the last time it was probably Roman, but he like comes and goes. Like he's had a good career. I mean, Royal Rumble winner and multiple mid card titles. He never beat Styles, but James, he never for the title. Nakamura, no, no. So a lot of mid card titles. Turned deal, yeah. The low yeah. blow, all the low oh, blows yeah. back and forth. Yeah, they they, they literally done a storyline revolving around low blows for like three months. <sighs> Okay, what's the next question we got? Looks like Rex Gardner. Thank you. People have always said when Chris Benoit got drunk, he had a dark side. What were the comments he would make when drunk to many talents? Well, he just want to fight. Like the only time I, the one and only time I seen him drunk was in uh, it was in England actually after a yeah it was after a SmackDown or before a SmackDown taping. <clears throat> the day before, the night before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went down to the bar to get some bottled water or whatever because I think the kitchen was closed. And then uh, I just, you know, tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, and this the way he was looking at me was just, just fucking just mean, man. Just, yeah. You know how there's, there's people, do you guys know people that are mean drunks? When they drink, they just turn into complete fucking assholes? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's one of them, or he was one of them. So, I'm bringing along a friend, by the way. What? what you got? I'm bringing along a friend and shortly. Oh, really? Good. Yeah, man, you know me, man. I get the guess. By the way, I've won off book two Hall of Famous to be coming on the show next few weeks. Stay tuned. I don't even think Renee knows who they are. <laughs> Probably not. Where, where would this show be without me? <laughs> Well, apparently everyone's on drugs. <laughs> Arrested, yeah. We Thoughts got, on Nick Alba's situation? With, oh, do you think it's a work legit shoot? Uh, does anybody care? About the NWA? 
Yeah, apparently, Nick, all this uh, doesn't... I was supposed to wrestle him a few weeks ago, but the hurricane actually prevented me from going and get on the flight. <clears throat> um, how often do they run? Like once every three months? Uh, they do tapings once every three months and okay. they do a weekly show that used to be on YouTube but now it's on it's like a paid subscription I think it might be on fight or some sort of paid subscription to watch it every week and uh, at least some people watch it yeah um, and they've got some good hands there I mean Tom Latimer I love Tom Latimer you know that Renee and looking forward to bringing him on the show soon and obviously Jazz and uh, Rodney does work with them but as for the direction Billy Corgan, as much as he is a good musician, I don't think he's got a clue when he kn- about running a wrestling company and his direction and things like that. I don't think he knows how to appeal to the mass wrestling fans. He uh, he actually said recent uh, today or yesterday he compares NWA to mid nineties ECW. And I'm thinking how. <laughs> he compares NWA. I didn't watch Mid Nineties ECW, so I I couldn't tell you. Mid Nineties ECW. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, as much as ECW did overexpose the business, like too much hardcore stuff, it definitely changed the landscape of wrestling. Like, because WWF became Attitude Era because of ECW and ECW, where they had these realistic storylines and wrestlers that helped WCW start using real names for wrestlers so that's when you start getting Kevin Nash's and Scott Hall's instead of Diesel's and Razor Ramones but well, they had no choice they had no choice but it's, it's not was, like they could have used Razor Ramon or Diesel No. and what else, what else are they going to call them something cheesy like Oz or the Diamond Stud <laughs> oh no true but I, I will say that ECW did influence them uh, WCW into going into a more realistic you know, kind of style. But, so, I mean, you look at the difference before the Outsiders came, you still had Hulk Hogan feuding with Dungeon of Doom. And then the Outsiders came, which obviously Hall and Nash has got a big part of it, but I do believe ECW influenced the, the way WCW was spoke with a realist, like realism nature. I haven't spoke about wrestling for a week, so I've got quite a lot to say tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What else do we got? This one, I think we need to get on this immediately. Live auction for the smoke toaster. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. This <laughs> toaster. That's the culprit. The toaster and the chair together would make a great uh, Christmas present. Yeah. For a cafe the combo. It's going out for bidding right now, everybody. I'll send Question. it with a bow. Question, Renee. Have you lit? Have you lit more cigarettes on that toaster or cooked bread? <laughs> um, actually, my wife she uh, makes her bagels in the morning, so I should probably wash off the grill. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. does she know? <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't know about that clip. Otherwise, she'd fucking stab me. Mm. Yeah. Was- <laughs> should we have a slice of toast? The morning? Why does this smell? Why does this taste like uh, cigarette ash? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Oh god. Rex, thank you. Shane Helms, ever planning on getting him as a guest? Such a talent, especially as Gregory and not a superhero gimmick. I agree. I think he was such an underrated wrestler from the clips I see of him back in the day. 
Yeah, but let me ask you a question. What was more marketable, the hurricane or Shane Helms? Hurricane. No, absolutely, hurricane. It's all about selling merchandise, dude, especially with Vince. And when you're a talent, you want to sell fucking gimmicks. If you have a fucking, if you're playing a superhero with a mask that you can sell the kids, trust me, you want to be a gimmick. Have that mask, yeah. That's I bought it, it myself. Uh, but that hurricane, I mean, yeah. Is that? No, you was there during that time. How much merch was he shifting? I don't know. I'm not in the office. But what you saw, like the gimmick tables, I would imagine, like I didn't see the gimmick stuff. tables. Yeah. Nobody saw the gimmick tables. Right. That's all upstairs. We're downstairs. As soon as you're done your fucking match, you want to get the fuck out of there. You got when you're working there, you just take it by their word that you're selling what you're selling, right? You have no, you have no proof of that. So you you don't know if the numbers are legit. You just go by their word, right? So that's all right. Let's make an announcement here. Actually, is because uh, we're having. Can I say? Can I say the one person's name? The former UFC fighter. Oh yeah. Okay, so we're having Ken Shamrock on the show, and I had heard through the grapevine that he actually had a lawsuit against them on his merchandise, and when they went into discovery it was found out that they actually owed him way more money than what he was being giving on merchandise so when he got his like residual check for his merchandise he felt like he was underpaid and then when he actually called them out and went for a lawsuit against them it turned out that yeah they were underpaying him on the merchandise sold so just saying but that's another thing. Like, you can't prove it. And if you say something, guess what? You're out of a job. <laughs> you understand? So you can write whatever the fuck you want in a contract. Don't mean shit, especially with their contracts. Because it's so one-sided and misleading. Right? Remember we had Paul on here and his dad, <laughs> his dad who was a lawyer, basically told him these contracts are bullshit? Yeah. So. Did, did you ever hear the uh, Chris Jericho story when he was in WCW? Oh, and he got a royalty check for like thirty-nine cents or something. <laughs> something like something like that. But they would. So if he had like any figures, or even any of the other wrestlers had figures, when someone would uh, get them figures and scan them at the till, it would pop up Hulk Hogan figure. So, <laughs> oh my God. so w- whatever figures they had, if WCW could be bothered to make them, but which figures they had, whenever they get sold. They was being sold as Hulk Hogan figures, so Hulk Hogan was getting their merchandise money. Wow. Respect did Hogan. <laughs> yeah, right. James, did what you a see the shady Hogan? fucking business, huh? <laughs> <laughs> did he just do an interview or something, Hulk Hogan? There's a bunch of clips going around of him, really? like soundbite clips. Maybe it might not be recent, but I just see on Instagram a bunch. He's talking about his, you know, he said the worst rumor he ever heard about him was that there, that he had an affair affair with uh, Brutus Beefcake, and he explained how it wasn't true, and he goes on talking about that. I know Brutus has just done an interview on um, WSI. Uh, oh, yeah. But I don't know about Hulk Hogan. I mean, the other, the other James here. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I noticed he started using that. The cunt. Um, so, uh, what it's got? another British guy who interviews wrestlers, and he says, "No, James he's actually." When he starts yeah. Out. Oh, yeah. I've noticed that. Uh, cunt. Um, 
but now um, Hulk Hogan, I would love to get Hulk Hogan. I know Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan, but man, I would love to interview Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, the rumor you heard about about him and Beefcake was that was from his wife, uh, Linda. Yeah. yeah. She suspected them of having a homosexual affair. Right. Yeah. Apparently it was, I think it was Linda's mother. He was like staying, Bruce was there. They're all staying with family. And he said, I think it was, he said his mother-in-law. So Linda's mother went downstairs and saw Brutus and Brutus's girlfriend at the time, who was also blonde, um, but mis mistook the girlfriend for Hulk Hogan because <laughs> he's blonde. And someone was like, <laughs> yeah, someone goes, it's hard, pretty hard to mistake what, like a hundred pound, maybe five foot two, five foot three for like nearly seven foot, which, you know, but still like 300 pounds. Hulk Hogan. Six, four. No. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Speaking of much blood, did she have the Fu Manchu too? Did she have fucking the fucking yeah, hand right. of Speaking of Butch Blondes, did you watch that Killer Sally uh, thing I mentioned, Renee? The what? That Killer Sally <laughs> documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I did. I did. What do you think? That's a great documentary, dude. That is good shit. But that just shows, like, why anabolic steroids are fucking no good. Because they will turn you into a psychopath. They will turn you into a narcissist and an egomaniac and short-tempered asshole. I know from experience. <clears throat> that's why I no longer partake in that substance. Apparently, I like to do cocaine now. Oh, I was going to make a joke yeah. there. Yeah. About, about a certain impact wrestling knockout. Oh, no, no. That could be defamation. Don't say anything. Okay. Just listen, just listen to her voice. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, back it up a few cc's. Anyway, put uh, what what else do we got here? There we go. Give it the work. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, fixed stream, Bob. 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 Hey, where's your friend, James? He's here shortly. He just said he's just messaged me. Okay. He used All to be right, your well, he used to be your friend. I like how I stole them from you. <clears throat> yeah, I like to know. Uh, I like how I bring people on, and all of a sudden the. Uh, you try to steal steal my relationships from me. Well, if you buy a fucking cell phone, you could get stay in contact. With <laughs> I do. I do. I do have a cell phone, but that's becoming private. Nobody, nobody's allowed to have it. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another super chat, Rex. Thank you. Was it known among many in the back that Chris Benoit would have blackouts during matches? MVP said uh, he would ask people to lead the match. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. I I can't remember finishes either. Yeah. That's why I have to call it in the ring. That's why uh if if this November, if November 26th isn't my last match, next year will be my last year wrestling because uh I just don't have the heart for it and the business has changed too much to where I just don't love it anymore. So so either this coming November 26th will be my last match or I might pull out for one more year. But I think one more year because 25 years, it's an even number, right? That's a good 25 years in the business. Yeah. I've got a story about Benoit. Like, uh, people talk to him. Uh, I interviewed uh, Pope. And uh, Pope had Benoit's last ever match. 
and I asked Popester what was Benoit like during that match. I said, did you notice anything? He said, not really. He said, the only thing Benoit kept saying to me during the match was keep talking to me, talk to me. And he said, we did like mess up one spot, but besides that, he was fine, but he just kept saying, talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I like to do it, too. That's the way it should be done, honestly. But What's the next question? Josh Coffey, thank you. Now that uh, Triple H buried my boy Theory, what is the choice for getting belt off? Roman sounds like it will be at Mania, but it will be Rock, Bray, or Cody. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before, James, with Theory losing the uh, the briefcase in a uh, really, really stupid yeah, fashion. Um, uh, out of those three, I mean, I want it to be The Rock, but I don't think The Rock would ever take the belt off of Roman. I think The Rock would just be like a a stunt for mania, maybe build it like a month before, but I don't think he'd take the belt. If I had to pick between Bray or Cody, I'd probably say Cody. Oh yeah. Keep it away from Bray. <laughs> no, seriously. Bray some people, some wrestlers just don't need the belt and his character does not suit having a belt at all. Can I say neither? Yeah. It's your podcast. Yeah. You can. Neither. Okay. Well, I don't know if your friend is going to... Actually, it's my friend. I don't know if my friend is going to fucking show up today. Oh, we got another one. Friend. Yeah. We got another one. Rex, Rex Gardner, you're fucking awesome as usual. <laughs> James, you want to take this one? Remember USWA invasion of ECW in 1997? Jerry Lawler led the invasion and got RVD and Sabu to betray ECW and destroy the entire roster from Cody. Oh, must be another guy in the chat called Cody. Rex has uh, sent super chat on these. But, uh, thank you, Rex. You're the best one in this group. Uh, oh, yeah, wow. That's awesome. I, uh, I do remember that storyline. Uh, and it was fun seeing Jerry Lawler in ECW because he legitimately hated ECW. And ECW fans hated him. And... There's heat, and then there's the heat what Jerry Lawler gets, and he's just the master of it. Yeah. I remember uh, Alfonso, Bill Alfonso, he was a cool guy to talk to, and he remembered that that moment, that that famous like invasion moment. He said that people were – like that was the most heat I think he felt. He's talking about the Raw, right? That was the Raw, but then it – it was kind of the same storyline as well, but they also done it where uh, Jerry went on to ECW as well. Yeah, he, like showed yeah. up uh, like the lights out gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. Renee, have you ever come across Fonzie? I don't think no. Never met him. No. no. <laughs> He's a good guy. Bill Alfonso, he has those whistles. He's selling them now. I hated really that. I hated that. Fucking <laughs> God, that was annoying. Oh, fuck. Let's see. Can we help out with the chat? See you, Joe. Uh, Fix stream, Bob. Got, uh, Fix stream, Bob. Crazy, Crazy idea. idea. James, get WSI James. Yeah, do it. James versus James. Hey, my chat is open. I like what he does. And he's built himself a great channel. But hey, James here, man. I ripped it off page. You can't rip it off me. <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight Returns thank you Steiner and Shamrock as well as Foley 2 Joey Ryan spot 1 would think they'd have for Pride would you have agreed to if Booker asked you to take it no what 
the dick spot. No, I did get asked. Someone messaged me from California asking me if I want to go work with Joy Ryan. I said, absolutely not. <clears throat> Sorry. That makes sense. I'm not doing that bullshit. I love how people are so people are so surprised that allegedly he was a sexual predator. I'm like, what, the guy who was in the ring asking people to touch his dick? He was surprised yeah. by that. <laughs> Some red flags here, guys. <laughs> I'm new to the channel, guys. What are your thoughts on the Kiss My Ass Club? Would Renee have joined it? I'm curious. Oh, my God, your favorite Christian friend, and look at the fucking <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What uh Listen. When I was there, 2004, they made me do shit that I didn't feel comfortable doing, like kissing Rico on the lips. I didn't feel comfortable doing that shit, but I did it as I was chasing that opportunity. And then by the age of 23, I realized, fuck this, I'm out of here. And I'm living proof that you, you can be successful in this industry without them. Although I do grind the exposure I had there to help me, obviously. But <clears throat> yeah. Here's the thing, like, people ask you, like, why don't you go back? Well, first of all, you never show back up there. Because, okay, I show up there, they give me a job. And then am, am I in a position where I can say I'm not going to do this if I show up there looking for a job? You can't do that, right? That doesn't make any sense. If I show up to them looking for a job, then I'm shut up and do as you're told. Okay. And if they if they came to me, okay, that's a different story because then I can decline whatever they want me to do if they want me to do something stupid. So that's why they don't come to me because I'm not be I won't be willing to do stupid shit. You understand? Because I'm not in a position where I have to do anything I don't feel comfortable doing. Right? It's like when Trish Stratus they offered her uh, they wanted her to do a lesbian storyline or something, and she said no. And how they punish her, they took the woman's title off of her and they made her job out. Um, yeah, she didn't feel comfortable doing something. You can't say no to them. If they come up with an idea, you have to say yes. No matter how, if it's against your moral code or whatever, it doesn't fucking matter there, right? Right. So, Okay, what's the next question? Dante, thank you, Renee. Would you ever do seminars post-wrestling? No, when I'm done, I'm done. You're doing the podcast when you retire. Possibly, yeah. Say, so, what happens when the day comes when you get bored of the podcast? Is it mine? You can do whatever the fuck you want. Someone just referred to me as your sidekick. I thought mm -hmm. it was like equal in this partnership. <laughs> Sorry, it's the medicine. <laughs> uh, thoughts on DC and JD I find both groups boring what's DC and JD Daniel Cormier yeah Daniel thoughts. Cormier maybe who's JD Depp? it says a group yeah yeah you're going to have to be more specific champ we don't know what you're talking about uh, is it I wonder if he means Buddha Club and Judgment Day. Oh, it could be, yeah, but he said D instead of B, maybe. Oh, but that was a fucking letdown, by the way. Me and them. Mia oh, Yem. Mia, Mia Yem? You didn't like that? No, I'm like, I don't know 
some wrestlers they got these big followings online, like Amir Yim or Ali. Um, oh, did you see that? By the way, you mentioned Strowman earlier. Ali, um, Strowman was bragging about how him and Omos, you know, we didn't need to do flips and flops. People came to watch us, and Ali, little butthead guy, you know, was saying, "Oh, but, um, can you give me advice in getting fired?" And I'm think, and I wrote back, "Why? Because you failed to get fired last time you tried." I saw that tweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because you look at the matches on Crown Jewel, I and mean, that was Strowman's was definitely the weakest, though. <laughs> it's the weakest, but like Ali, I don't understand how he gets this big following because honestly, God, he's so fucking boring. And when yeah. me and Yim came up the other night, I was like, really? So, I, I wonder if that's any indication. I mean, you got wrestlers on both sides, obviously, but you think Keith Lee would ever try to make his way back? Obviously, they're together. Married. Probably. Like, he, he, he'll have a contract with AEW now. But, yeah, I mean, end of the day, everyone wants to be at WWE because they give the most money. And it's the bigger brand. And all these wrestlers, Carl Anderson oh. shitted on uh, WWE during his, hiatus, uh, his holiday. And soon as WWE, people have found, oh, yes, Mr. Triple H, I'll come right back. So that's what I always, I find it amusing. They all shit on WWE, but they all want to be there. It's like Chelsea Green, she can't wait to get back. She's trying to get back now. Oh, right. Excuse me. Okay. We got Josh Coffee. Thank you. Logan Paul might be a world champ in the next five years if he decides to be a wrestler full time. However, Jake Paul, those working punches were god awful. Jake Paul, I didn't see it. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah, they were uh the work punches, he only threw a few. Um and I heard the sound, but yeah, I didn't even I didn't pay much attention to how good or, or bad they were. But Logan, I think I agree with you, Josh, that uh, he could definitely be a world champion in the next five years. I think he put on the best performance of the show. Did you watch it, James? Um, I watched the main event. What do you think of that? Well, I enjoyed it. Exciting. Logan Paul's impressed me. I have to say it. He's an outsider, I suppose you could say, but. His third match, and he put on a good performance. And I think he tore his, um, his ACL, his M- MCL, something MCL, like that. Both, yeah, I think. yeah, I think and tore both. That's right. You have to applaud the guy. He put on a shift, and um, and it was quite a believe. Well, not believe match. Roman could kill him, but the way it was put out was, uh, you know, was entertaining. And um, I will say it again: he's probably a better promo than ninety percent of the roster, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think he's got an amateur wrestling background like when he was in high school or college. So that's something, I, think I suppose. He does too. He's definitely, he's always been athletic, even with him doing YouTube. I know he's always been into like uh, sports and different things like that. And I know that's obviously goes hand in hand. Yeah, he put on a great show. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to stick to being full time, but it'll be cool to see where it goes. You can do a better bookshot, Larry, than Punk. <laughs> when he hit the buckshot lariat, oh my god, that was crazy. He hit, yeah, it was really, really good. Well, here's the thing, guys. He had three matches and he already ripped up his entire knee to shit. Try putting him a on a full time schedule. If he's already getting injured after his third match, let's see how his body holds up. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. There's a reason why a lot of guys don't do all those crazy moves every single night. It's because they want longevity because this is their actual career. 
right? I could sure I can dive off the top rope and do a crossbody through a table. I don't do it every night. Why? Because I have to work the next night, the next night, the next night. This guy here has his YouTube channel, which he makes money off. Same thing with uh, the football player. What's his name? Uh, uh, McAfee. There you go. Sure, he can do a bunch of athletic spots. Okay. Well, when this is your full-time job and you have to do it every single night, you know. But now it's a completely different business, too. Yeah. It makes <sighs> you think how much of today's roster in whichever company – could have done the schedule like yourself did in like the 90s and the 80s where you was wrestling five or six nights a week. What all these high spots are doing? No, they couldn't. Yeah, no. Well, that's when you learn how to actually wrestle and tell a story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, back we then, like, we, was, we, we had to rely on, like in 99, for example, without television, it was a weekly, it was a weekly time we did. So you had to build up your story at every show, at the end of every show. And that's when you learn to to, to run a, a match properly, meaning you didn't go to the floor until the last match. You didn't do certain – you didn't do a thousand false finishes until the main event or whatever, until the blow-off. You know, now it's a total different mindset. <clears throat> Someone's just said uh, Jeff Hardy done all the moves. I'm like, yeah, and have you seen Jeff Hardy now? And I love Jeff. Have you seen the I condition Jeff so is in? Yeah, and his brother, his brother uh, Matt, hardly did any of that shit, right? He just did like a, and he's all fucked up too. It was he a leg drop. I heard him say, "Yeah, he his tailbone and so some fused together, like his spinal, yeah. something in his spine." Yeah, because okay, Matt's about two hundred thirty pounds, two hundred forty pounds during that leg drop every single night off the second. Like Bret Hart, he he credits that. You know, remember he did that second second row elbow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Credits that for fucking up his knees. Wow. You already and answered like, this question, kind of. Oh, would I open a wrestling school if I was bored enough? But probably not. Thank you, Rex. You're awesome as usual. I think Paul just tried to jump on, but he couldn't connect. Try to. <laughs> What's the next question? Richard, thank you. Your thoughts on Jerry Lynn and have you ever met him, Renee? Uh just met him one time at a at a show in New Jersey. Really nice guy. And uh I liked his wrestling. Small guy though, really, really tiny guy. Good wrestler though. How about thoughts on Ultimo Dragon? Any stories? Um I spent I stayed at his dojo in Mexico City. He brought me in for uh, Dragon Mania. He, it's, a, it's a yearly show he has at Arena Mexico. He had this beautiful, beautiful dojo. It was like a three-story dojo where he trained guys and stuff. And uh, Yeah, he's super over in Japan, super over in Mexico. And he was really, really smart with his money, a really smart businessman. He's very, very wealthy. Yep. <laughs> How about oh, James take this one? James is frozen. James, you frozen? On the Cape, don't get drunken. Am I? Am I? No, you're there. I think you're back. On Cape, not 100. Um, this going 
uh, read a question that Paul said Hoovy would get drunk in the locker room. He would get drunk in the locker room, naked, bent over, all fours. Is that true? You have to ask Paul. <laughs> Disco Inferno said that? That he said. Oh, he read a question that Paul said. Oh, Paul said that he said that? No, Paul no. never said that on here. No. I don't know. When Paul comes on, we can ask him. I never heard of that. I heard about the story no, of the Did you guys hear that one? No. Well, you you guys didn't hear me. that one? <laughs> no, I never heard that one. Oh, okay. Tell Maybe I'll one. say it time. Not now. <laughs> London. London. Hello. London. <clears throat> He's trying to come on. Let's read another question before he hops on here. All right. I was talking about damage control and judgment day. Oh, okay. Oh, please end that fucking feud. <laughs> Bianca Belair's group and damage control. Please end that feud, please. That Did you feud, see the I clip? Agree. Did you see the clip? So they tried to do the old gimmick, right? So Nikki Cross became like the 24-7 champion, whatever. Yeah. She's walking up with her head high like she stays, like she's on cocaine. <laughs> um, that's my she, gimmick. That's your gimmick. <laughs> and she's went to toss the belt into the champ into the garbage uh, well the dustbin <laughs> completely missed it <laughs> missed it I'm like how the fuck do you miss it it's a big gaping hole <laughs> but no I please end that fucking feud <laughs> yeah that feud that feud's gotta end um judgment day I do really like though I'm I'm a big fan of judgment day I think that there's there's room to go different directions like I think this could I think it's making Ray Ripley a star uh and I think Damian Priest uh, could get really huge from this too with what he's doing, but they have like a they have a certain I don't know like an aura to them judgment day that I really enjoy. Like they're not just like you know brooding dark you know like evil like Undertaker. They kind of have like comedy to them too. I I like them. I like the judgment day. Isn't there a name for that? Like emos, goth, goth or emo? Yeah, they're like goth and emo, but they're almost like kind of satirical with it. Like they're not. You know, like they like you could watch them and think that they're they know that they're not as scared as like the Undertaker in there, and they're not trying to be. Uh, that's how I feel when I watch them, and they've got good, great members too. I mean, Dominic, I think it's going to lead to probably Dominic Mysterio versus Ray at WrestleMania. I think that's why they probably moved Ray to SmackDown to like put it on hold to wait. It's my prediction, at least. Uh, with that being said, here everyone, here's the the beautiful <laughs> Cafe Renee sweatshirts now available on our shop. Shopify, stick in the. There's the Shopify link, everybody. Yeah, go plug that in. Along Buy with your merch. Pre pre-order your Kith Mirandi shirts, or you're looking good, boys, looking real good. And I also have a Dupree shirt out there. It's called Too Tough to Die. <sighs> it was inspired by the Ramones album. So. James, where's your shirt? Where's your Cafe well, Renee shirt? Well, these Everlast T-shirts. You can get these from Sports Direct. UK fans, you know what I'm talking about. I would send, um, I would send James a shirt, but I don't have a six XL. So, <laughs> hey, I'm two XL. Okay, James you look a lot better. bigger than that, pal. The camera puts on forty pounds. I think forty stone or forty pounds. 40 oh, pounds. So, so, so. <laughs> hey, okay. hey, without me, this podcast might be a drug pit. Okay, 
You need me to carry this podcast. I actually know. I actually know. Since that whole uh, conspiracy of me doing the cocaine was actually, we gained about twenty subscribers. Oh, really? So yeah, That's different age. Takes, it's man. not the UK over here. Actually, actually, in your country, I've seen more fucking booger sugar than any other country I've been to. Oh yeah. Holy fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> It is everywhere. It's a fucking snowstorm over there. It doesn't snow in England. So anyway. Oh. <laughs> it's about over here. How do you guys feel about MC Hammer? Love him. You can't touch him. Cannot. Hey, didn't Coolio just die? That that kind of. Yeah. A few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Hey guys, thoughts on AW bad booking on FTR and being unhappy with the company. Also, do you guys see them uh, returning to WWE within the next year? James, I'll let you take that because you love yeah. some AW talk. Yeah, These, they're going back, especially now Triple H is in charge and the Cody boys as well. So now that Cody's over there and Cody was getting a good push, they'll definitely return. The matter of when, not if. Yeah, I agree. Seriously though, how stupid do you have to be? And don't make this into a clip, John. Don't 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 make this into a clip. I'm just saying. So Cody's making this big return, right? He makes this huge fucking return, right? They get this big main event push, and <laughs> he goes and decides to do a max bench press and tear his fucking peck. Like, what is he thinking? Is he thinking he's gonna all of a sudden like put on like 10 pounds in his chest and have his after doing bench, but like who does a max bench? Like it's stupid. Like, what was the point of doing that? Doing a max fucking rep on your bench and tear your pec. I don't know. I didn't even know that that is, that's how he got it. I just heard it was during training, but that's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. He decides right to fucking do a one rep max on his bench before a huge fucking pay-per-view match. It's like, dude, if your fucking body isn't built to his max by now at how old is he? he's a couple years younger than me so he's like 36 like you're not gonna fucking yeah. suck yeah what would uh what would you do before your your matches in terms of like a workout like that's unusual right a max a max press like what would you do to before your match would you work out at all or just get the before I, no, I always kept this pretty strict regime as far as trying to work out twice a day like i would do my cardiovascular morning in the cardiovascular workouts in the morning when I woke up, fasted cardio, right, to stay lean. And then on the road, I would just go to get a pump. I didn't try to do max bench and all that other bullshit. You just try to get a pump same way. Like now, now that my career is winding down, <clears throat> I might go to the gym maybe three or four times a week. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm not hardcore into – into working out twice a day and trying to eat six meals a day. And now, like, especially with the inflation, dude, I might have three or four meals a day, you know, three meals and a couple of shakes. That's about it. That's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. As I'm getting older, I don't want to weigh 250, 260 pounds. Like if I can get down to like 220, like right now I'm 235. If I can get down to 220, I'd be happy. Right. And live a comfortable, li comfortable life. So, yeah. Mm. Be great, <laughs> uh, Rex, thank you. Bully Ray, the most unlovable guy to escape from the spacey dungeon. A virgin is back on impact. <laughs> Must have to pay velvet alimony now. Well, he's got a lot of times on his hands now that he's single, right? Yeah, he, you know, speaking of losing weight, have you seen Bully Ray? 
since he really he probably got he probably got he probably got pissed off when blubber ray fucking memes were coming out right <laughs> could be i'm gonna yeah well, his buddy like Tommy problem. Dreamer, his buddy Tommy Dreamer works in the office there, so he, you know, managed to get him back in. But <clears throat> does it make a fucking they, difference? Yeah. No. You could no put, he's he's like their main eventer now. He's like their well, he's impact he draw is. right now. Yeah, he's a draw. <sighs> he's their draw. <laughs> okay, what are they drawing? Their main event? What was it called? Bomb for Glory. And I'm not hating on. Them. I'm just saying facts are facts. Their Bomb for Glory had like five or six hundred people with comps. So they might have had like two or three hundred paid, right? It was in Vegas as well. It's an indie promotion, is what it is. Oh yeah. People say the Bully Ray gimmick was great, and I mean, yeah, it was probably a good gimmick. But when they put him on belt on top, that's when the ratings were going down. (laughs) That's when they got. That's when they got kicked off Spike, and then they got on Destination America and got kicked off there too, and went to fucking Pop TV. TV, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where are they now, though? Are they still pop? They're on Access, Access, Access. TV, and they wow. struggle. They struggle to get a hundred thousand viewers. Yeah, that's legit as well. Yeah. We're not making fun. Man, they was getting two million a week at one point. They were. That's insane. At the height of their pop player, they were getting they were getting two million on Spike. Say what you just want to say about Russo, but he was booking at that time. So okay. I'll leave it at that. Well, he gave people personalities, right? I feel like I don't know a lot of their guys now. Impact. I know their names, but like, what are their, what are they about? What are their personas? Just wrestlers. Just wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Dante, thank you. Renee, are you still making action figures? Also, would you guys be interested in any help with graphics, branding, apparel, design, etc.? Possibly. Uh, I got a message. The guy from Germany. I think I was supposed to meet with him to do those um, scans when I went over there this on this tour, but my passport wasn't ready. Thank you, provincial fucking passport office for fucking that trip up. But uh, possibly. And look, London might be showing up, but I <laughs> I might be leaving pretty soon because my back is acting up. <sighs> okay, do we have any more super chats? Yeah, yeah, we do here. The champ thoughts on the rumors. Randy's career may be over. We just we just commented on that. I think we put up a clip. Renee, what do you think about Randy's career almost being over? Well, if his back is feeling the way my back is feeling, I don't blame him. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing, man. And the thing about Randy is that like he's kept himself super lean his entire career, right? Right. And he's had a lot of shoulder surgeries, shoulder problems, right from from when he started. Didn't you like pound the mat one time and like dislocate his shoulder? Yeah, he like yeah. broke his wrist or forearm or something along the lines. Yeah, yeah. Like during the time, especially when we were there, it was like a competition amongst the boys who could be like the leanest and the most ripped. Like every week, we try to compare. Like it was like a competition amongst the guys. But the thing is, when you're that lean, you're taking those bumps. You have less padding, right? And it's hard on your right. joints, man. And you you only have so many bumps on your bump card. Eventually, your body lets go. I just got the letter in the mail. November 30th, I'm going for my x-rays. Neck, shoulders, hips, and lower back and spine. So uh, hopefully they'll give me, like, the actual chart or whatever so I can show everybody, like, just what 25 years of bumping does to your body. Yeah. 
and he's all about wrestling bumps, everyone, not cocaine bumps. Yeah, because apparently uh, me and the Colombians are like this. We're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sniffing because it's fucking cold outside. <laughs> I love how you, 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 you know at this point now you have to justify whenever you have a sniff. I know, yeah. I know. It's like, no. It's fucking middle of oh, fucking internet. Trees fucking today? Max. <laughs> see, uh, it's too dark, but there's a tree right here, and there's no. It's all branches because the leaves fell off because we're in the middle of autumn, and it's Canada, Eastern Canada, and I live five minutes away from the beach, which is basically the Atlantic Ocean. So we get cold wind coming in, <sighs> and I've got meningitis. Meningitis. James might have it. James, you feel good. James is frozen. James is frozen. No, so, no, sorry, I was just messaging Paul. He's trying to get on now. He's connected to Wi-Fi. Uh, feel good. Um, I've had this since Saturday. Um, hopefully, I can get back to work tomorrow. But, yeah, it's took a toll on the whole family, uh, especially the youngest. So, uh, yeah, uh, but he's on new medication now, so he should be feeling better. Good. Okay. Good. Are we done with Super Chats? Super Chats are over. Super chats are over. Okay, one last plug for my merchandise, everybody. Yes, we got an order while we were on the air. We did? Mug. Yeah, one somebody mug? got a mug. <laughs> All right, the mug will be, sh yeah, the mugs, the sh Cafe Renee sweatshirts, and the t-shirts are in stock. The other three shirts will be made by mid-November, so pre-order now because they're actually almost sold out. Um, yeah, and those will be shipped off. By the end of the month, if not the beginning of December, so you'll have them just in time for Christmas. But uh, for the gentleman who ordered the mug, it will be sent out probably tomorrow because it's you real think quick. Is that one the one that you're using that? right now? Maybe yes, be the one you're using right now. Yes, yeah. it's this exact one, and I might actually I'm not going to sprinkle cocaine because then it'll get flagged at the border, <laughs> and then we're all in big shit. So. And those extra free saliva. Yeah, no, but there will be a... No, it's not this one. This is mine. I will throw in an extra little uh, present in there. Uh, it's it's merchandise that I got from uh, Japan, Noah. I had a bunch of extra merchandise, so I'll throw that right in there for you. And uh, yeah, enjoy it in the morning time. Okay, this last trooper chat, and then I got to go, guys. Take it over, James. Yep. Uh, see the chump. Um, oh, you're Hawks fan. Uh, Raw and SD wannabe ripoff attitude era mixed with B and G NXT wannabe ruthless aggression era, but it's written like a Disney show. Um, NXT to me is just it's written off to be it's copying fucking ROH. Um, Raw and SmackDown, it's not even attitude era, it's trying, I suppose it's trying to be, but. I think you have to live through the Attitude Era to realize what the Attitude Era was like. And Joan, obviously, you're a little bit young for that, but um, me and Renee, Renee, what was the Attitude Era like growing up as a fan? Oh, it was crazy. I remember um, WWF came here for a house show in my hometown, and the following day at school, every single guy had either a DX or Austin 316 t-shirt everybody wow I, yeah i came from a relatively small small town like maybe like maybe two thousand students but let's say half of those were male 
you had a thousand male students wearing WWF t-shirts. Think about that. Yep. That's fucking crazy. I even bought one. I bought an Austin uh, other side jackass t-shirt for $35. And my dad, of course, saw me with it and called me a mark. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, it was crazy back then. But then as soon as, as soon as WCW got bought out, that's when the drop happened. Yeah. 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 They turned Austin heel and they started pushing who? Triple H. That's it. The son-in-law. The son-in-law. So you obviously uh, for everyone who missed the announcement. So uh, Ken Shamrock's coming on Monday. So I would imagine you as a fan of Shamrock growing up then. And uh, have you met him previously? Yeah. uh, Just where was I? Orlando. We were signing at the same. It was me, Ken Shamrock, and Gilbert. Oh, and Heidenreich. Heidenreich with the fake Doink the Clown, the Alabama Doink. Oh, that's where that happened? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I can't wait till Shamrock comes on because I want to ask him mostly about his time in um, Pancreas in Japan because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of – he trained and fought with guys like Funaki and Minoru Suzuki, actually, in that Pancreas promotion. So I'm really looking forward to talk to him about that. So, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I have to go – the wife is calling because we have to watch. Uh, we ordered Netflix, so we got to watch some documentaries. So I want to thank you all, and uh, I'll see you guys on Monday, okay? Be safe. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye, Renee. Bye-bye. Oh, Paul. And Paul's just entered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hot tag. There's <laughs> the hot tag. Great. What did, did oh. he have to? Where did he have to go to the bathroom or something? Or what? Watch some documentaries. No, he's not on that cocaine. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Jesus, did you, did you see is the that okay? Ball? So we can so we can talk about the white elephant in the room now. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. talk. <laughs> well, that's not nice to refer to me as a white elephant. Okay, I know. Oh come on. come on, no, come on now. Uh, I I don't know. I guess if you guys are talking about it, I I just caught wind of that earlier and thought man like do i uh, i don't know like what is what it's was there an explanation of yes <laughs> really no, yeah we're all scary. we're all suspect right now yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was i uh, know you should have seen actually at the beginning of the live he did a whole demonstration he did it several times actually a toaster he had next to him he used that to light a cigarette and so that was what all the uh, confusion was about. Oh, I mean, who doesn't light their cigarettes with toasters, right? I mean, sometimes I'll stick my head in the oven just to get a good <laughs> light. You know, I mean, that's, or, you know, yeah. Put tin foil in the microwave. There's lots of good tricks to uh, to getting a good light. I haven't well, tried the toaster one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toaster's usually where I keep my silverware. Um <laughs> You know, so how are you guys doing? I'm sorry it took me so long to get on, uh, but I'm, I think I have a strong connection now. You guys look spry and, and jolly. Crystal clear on your end, yeah. It's nice to oh. actually meet you, Paul. This is the first yeah, time we're one to, of these together. I was, I was thinking that same thing. I thought, like, man, 
Joan has been such an amazing addition. And I thought I'm going to hop on there and, and say something similar. Like, Hey man, it's, it's so good to finally meet you. And then I, I figured, wait, or is, or have we met or is he going to be like, no, we've, we've done one before. And then I'm going to start getting accused of, of crazy uh, addictions. And yeah. The time where you just put your head out for a second. And I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back. I have to use the restroom. Oh, only thing I'm addicted to is uh, Rice Krispie treats. I think so. Fuck pardon me if I, uh, yeah, if I have to do a few lines of Rice Krispie treats, I apologize. <laughs> I'll be sure not to show that so that we're not roasted in the Reddit threads. <laughs> oh man, James, did you see the Reddit? The Reddit. Yeah, did you see that or not? No, I saw Twitter, <laughs> but I didn't see the Reddit. See, I'm not a Reddit user, but someone brought it, like a good friend of mine brought it to my attention. So go ahead. That's where it blew up. Yeah. It, like Twitter was a few, but I, I got sent to Reddit recently, like I think last night or this morning or something. And that's where it got like over <laughs> I, like, I guess, a thousand retweets, like a couple thousand <laughs> comments oh. going crazy. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's, it, it was a mixture of positive and it was like just support for Renee. Like, oh, I saw yeah. a couple Renee. of people was like, that's yeah. fucking awesome. And I, I did actually. Oh, I did, that's I did not the support we're talking about. I saw some people was like, oh, I hope Renee seeks help. There was one guy, Pod Fandam, I'm sure his name was. Oh Might have God. been Rob. Um, he's like, that's fucking awesome. I, I did actually. I, I, I wasn't gonna comment on it, but and I actually said I thought I did respond to it. I said I did. I, I it was along the lines like you know I did. I don't feel like I should comment on this, but he was lighting a cigarette. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So, yeah, I I thought well, hopefully it's just actual Canadian snow, and it's like some sort of Canadian thing to clear your sinuses. I have no idea. So. Constantly. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad we got that out of the way. So a toaster oven. A a, a toaster, toaster to light that, your that cigarette. Is uses for bread. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Oster and these other leading toaster brands are giving Bic quite a run for their money. So um, you know, why not just pull a toaster out of your pocket, light one up? Wish you had toaster sponsor the show now. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> Doing an advert, Renee leading over with cigarette. <laughs> I guess, I guess. James, yeah. The best part about that was your face, Sterry, because he'll do it often, but James is just sitting there wide-eyed. <laughs> yeah, and that was, part of the, that was part of the speculation, was like James' reaction to it, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah they were no, like, we'll see uh, how James responds to it. He is, He's wide-eyed, and he just kind of seemed like he didn't know what to do, you know, so it must be that. I didn't, I didn't help that. Oh, yeah. God. Go I've figure been... that it's, you know, near midnight where James is at and he could, I don't know, just be fucking tired. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, I found a great page on Twitter, by the way. You still have to follow it. Uh, clown world. Clown world. I love it. I'm, yes. I'm, I love clowns. Oh, uh, no, tell me just... more. It's like you know, just a stupid shit what's happening in the world and uh, like all these stupid things. But the funniest story I saw, it did, I think it happened this year. 
there was this lady and she ran out of like hair gel. So she decided to use Gorilla Glue on her hair. Why wouldn't and, she? Yeah, and she couldn't get it out. So she tried to uh, sue Gorilla Glue for not for not putting on the instructions. Don't put it in your hair. What a fucking idiot! <laughs> I mean, what? Where are we at as a society? You know, I mean, where you can literally sue people over something not being in the instructions that should just be, I don't know, common sense. I mean, who would have thought gorilla grew, you know, that, that'll keep my hair up now. That'll, that's a great, I should use that. I mean, fuck me also soon. And all these other hair products, you know, I gorilla glue. I'm onto something. I wouldn't eat it. Like, there's a lot of states with weird laws. I know. I don't know about near you if you have like explicit weird laws stated in any areas, but I know there's certain states that it's like you can't have sex with a horse in a bathtub. I forget what state that's exactly, but they had to explicitly state it in a bathtub. In a bathtub. Around it, yeah, with any type of animal or anything, or just a horse specifically, yeah. Uh, I mean, what kind of horse fits in a bathtub? That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's got to be some sort of industrial. Maybe like a pony or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's scary that those kind of laws and rules have to be specified. Um, Someone said that sounds like Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say there's probably a list of states that would be culprits for such a thing. Um, yeah, I won't even go down that route. That's that's spooky. So, how are we doing? What are you guys up to? I mean, is there uh, is there some crazy cr- news that that y'all discussed that I'm not familiar with or anything going on that's uh, in the world of rust? I was I was going to bring up the Austin theory thing. I feel like that's an interesting concept that just is being, you know, it fell flat. He was money in the bank, Austin Theory, okay. and and he tried to cash in on Seth Rollins um, for the United States Championship and failed, which is weird to go for a, like a mid-card title with the money in the bank briefcase. Um, I think on, I like Austin Theory. I think he's a phenom. You know, I've, I've known him. Uh, we crossed paths several times in the independence and I think he's a great talent. Um, just, just a naturally gifted, like freak of athleticism and yeah. talent. Uh, I haven't watched the show so much to see how he is on the charisma side of things, but I, I'm sure he's, you know, um, he's up there. So they must have a lot of faith in them for for him to uh, have even been in that position. But on the business side of it, I think. Um, I think why not? I think it is cool. I think it's pretty interesting to cash in for a a, a title that isn't the world title. Um, you know, it's kind of like the thing of setting realistic goals for yourself. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think you know if every money in the bank results in well, I'm cashing this in for the world title. Um, it, it keeps it kind of one note. You know, whereas, who knows? Possibly now, 
down the road. I mean, what would happen if somebody's like, I'm going to cash this in for a shot at the tag titles, but then they'll need to pull in somebody to team with them or, or I'm, you know, or, or maybe they'll try and go at it handicap style and, uh, you know, or maybe they're going to try and go for the woman's title. I mean, who knows, you know, but I think any kind of variety and adding something different is always a good thing, whether it happens just one time or not. Um, different is generally pretty good i think in in the world of wrestling when i remember um, otis i think you're about the same tell the same story ain't you jenna yeah yeah otis yeah yeah uh, when otis won the money in the bank uh, a few years back i think uh, him and his tag partner took it went to creative to say can we do it so we cash in on the tag titles but they didn't listen what what's that word creative Huh. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Interesting. The writers. I think Otis is another toaster brand. I could be mistaken, but <laughs> I'm not sure. We're either going to get sponsored by a toaster brand or the Pablo Escobar estate. So um, well, we're aiming, we're aiming for it. worth more money. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money there, yeah. Yeah, but what uh, comes with that? What comes with that sponsorship? We have, we have no more. We have no morals on this podcast. Okay, <laughs> if, the, if the Saudis wants to sponsor us with their blood money, we, we welcome it. Okay, we don't give a fuck. God, well, I don't know. I think, I think we do have to draw the line somewhere in terms of morality. Um, I've got kids to feed. There's no morality anymore. <laughs> You're going the Latrell Sprewell route. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Yeah, why wouldn't you want your talent? So that, that was an issue I always kind of had there was, you know, back in the late 80s, 90s, hell, I would think even leading up to into the um, Attitude Era when you had, like, the, the hardcore title and um, – you know, it, it seemed like there was still a pretty healthy emphasis on the value of each title, um, you know, and I don't, I take it that's kind of not the same case. I know that certainly wasn't the case when I was there, uh, but but why wouldn't you want all of your titles to have meaning and importance behind them? You know, that, that to me just seems very uncreative so when um i know when charlotte won the royal rumble she went for the nxt title right james yep yeah okay and that, that was interesting to and to then bring that didn't up. and haven't they recently had one of their girls from the main roster go back to like to being an nxt champion or something i think was it mandy rose right okay yeah. then uh, yeah and I think, I mean, that just, to me, that just kind of elevates titles, that elevates everything around it. And so that it doesn't make much sense. So um, it would have been a nice thing for him to have won the U.S. title by cashing in on it. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the ratio is of cash-ins leading to title switches as opposed to not. You know, I'm not really sure what that would be. Oh, it's definitely uh, dropped now compared to what it was. Mm -hmm. It's okay. like yeah. back in the day, whenever someone won the Rumble, 
nine times out of ten they would go in and win the belt at Mania. Right. But but that's completely dropped over the years. Now I think it yeah, it has yeah. Brock won it last year, didn't win the title. Edge won it the year before and didn't win the title. So yeah, even the last couple of years it's uh the winners haven't won the title, so and it, 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 I always say it when it comes to a rumble. On, on, you can make exceptions for some people when it multiple times, like a Steve Austin, for example. But I've always felt like the rumble and like Money in the Bank, it should go to someone that's never been the world champion, and you should yeah. use these to help build a, a star. But they always seem to just. And I love Brock, but it's like they give that rumble win to Brock last year, and I'm like, you just completely waste it. Plus, he didn't win the title at Mania. See, I think it would be interesting to put kind of a, I don't know, like permanent value on winning the Royal Rumble. Whereas I think if you had um, the prestige of winning the Royal Rumble, I guess is kind of a title in itself. But if there was literally kind of, I don't know, not like a Royal Rumble title, but just, I, I guess it's it's obsolete now that there's a money in the bank type situation. But if there was something where, you know, the winner of the Royal Rumble was was then granted the opportunity to compete for any of the championships at Mania. So that it wouldn't just kind of be the same slot right into world championship status. Um, and again, I think that that would help elevate uh, the surrounding titles um, are they still? Do they? I, and I'm really out of the loop. But do they still just? Do they have multiple world champions now, or is it kind of been consolidated into one world champion? So Roman's got both belts. And it's weird. Sometimes they present it like it's one championship, but other times they kind of still pronounce it like he's a double champion. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Yeah, I think yes. the fact they haven't combined it says something because you know you you saw who was it that combined the the big gold and the WWE? When did that act officially? It was Randy, right? And then it went to was Randy it Randy that it. did it? Randy? No, no, no. Uh, well, Triple H done it, didn't he? With the um, WCW title and the well, yeah. uh, Attitude Era WWE title that brought out the undisputed title and. Yeah, it wasn't Randy. Randy. Um, Who came after Randy? To, Daniel uh, Bryan. To, I, yeah. After um, um don't know. It might have been Roman. It might have been. Yeah, right? It was somebody because Brian still had double belts. But, but yeah, with the Universal, I think they want to present the Universal as a world title. Uh, and I, that, I think that's why they haven't just had Roman over like 800 days now he's had it and he hasn't combined it into one belt so i i do think that they still have multiple world champions at least like two and i mean do they still really emphasize the brands being split or does it kind of just mishmash in and out I'd i'd say mishmash but they definitely want like they will have somebody move to uh to Raw, and it's like, oh, what's he doing here on Raw? You know, tonight he's a SmackDown guy, and so they will mention that on commentary. But it's it is it does get mishmashed. Like for instance, Roman goes on both, which I guess he has the right to because he's double champion. But but I guess I guess that's I guess it it makes me think, what's the what's the value in having two seemingly kind of world titles? You know, like mm-hmm. an undisputed and then a world. It, it just when when 
when, if ever, would it ever get back to just simplifying things and just having one champion, you know, or are they going to introduce the intergalactic title or are they going to, you know, like, um, you know, it, it, I don't know. It just seems uh, like it could be a, a bit much, you know. Well, you've got a few super go chats, super so uh, that's I'm not days. doing. I'm not doing any no impressions. No, no movies. No, 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 no horseshoes. This um, is, uh, yeah. I'm curious about this one. Question for Paul: What was it like working with Deuce and Dominic WWE? Also, getting these stories on them and Cherry. I th- always thought they had one of the best theme songs. More of a guilty pleasure, but also I, <laughs> I will listen to that theme song. Yeah, I mean, in terms of gimmick presentation, I thought it was really strong. Um, I'm a huge fan of character stuff, and you know, that's the wrestling that I grew up loving was characters. And so, in terms of presentation, you know, they came out with like the car, and they looked great, and the music um, <clears throat> was very fitting. You know, it wasn't like this generic. Uh, free domain bullshit it's like trying to sound tough and uh, you know so it was very fitting and uh, I I really enjoyed working with uh, with Domino and I, and I liked uh, working with Cherry as well she's very quiet she's a very sweet girl but very quiet um, you know she wasn't one to to really lend a bunch of ideas when we're putting stuff together unless it was you know them presenting her in a position uh like you know what if what if cherry pulls the leg or you know and so she was very useful and i i felt like they dropped the ball with her because you know i don't i don't remember seeing her in many if any singles matches um, but she was very accomplished, you know, very accomplished uh, worker and and a great, you know, just a great person. Like she wasn't she was never a shit stir or, you know, involved in any drama or anything like that. And so uh, and I think I think Domino, uh, you know, Cliffy don't surf. I think he's super underrated and. Uh, a guy that was always pretty overlooked as a talent because he he had the size and had a great look. He looked a lot like, um, now that I think about it, he reminds me a lot of, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name, but in Halloween 5, <laughs> James might know this, but in Halloween 5, uh, Tina's boyfriend, Mike. Who, yeah, Mike. That's right. Mike. Domino reminds me a lot of Mike. Not so much in being like a jerk, but he had the look. I mean, he almost looks like the actor, uh, but then he gets like the big prong in his head. You know, that's one of my favorite deaths in Halloween. And the whole franchise was him, you know, just loving his car and then seeing this big garden tool just like scratching his car. And he's like, what the? He's like, all right, man. You want to play trick or trick? And he's like, oh. he gets that prong right in his head. It's so good. It's so good. But yeah, he, he reminds me of that character. Um, there's a reason I'm not talking about Deuce. Um, and it's because he was the complete opposite of the other two. 
in that he always had an attitude and I, I don't know if it was just because he felt like he had a lot to prove um, being second generation or, or whatever. Uh, but it's odd because when I was doing dark matches before I signed on with them, I had teamed with him. I want to say at least once or twice, at least once, but maybe twice. Um, and there was even a dark match that I had uh, before they let people in the building. This was in Dallas and Johnny Ace had come up to me and wanted me to put, oddly enough, one of my trainers, Scott Putsky, and another local uh, Texas guy, Cedric of Hollywood. Um, he wanted me to do a tag match with those guys in the arena, empty, for the boys uh, to test, to, to like try them out. And I was thinking, like, God, this is really strange. Like, I'm not even a contracted guy, but the head of talent is putting some faith in me and asking me to test out these two guys, one of them having been one of my trainers in Scott Putsky. Uh, and so he goes, just pick, pick one of the guy, pick one of the local guys. Uh, and I picked Snuka cause we had had a good rapport and, you know, and we put them through a, a, a fun little tag match and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was odd. So then fast forward years later to when we're working with them, and he was just a very different guy, and I don't know what all he was going through in his personal life, but he was never uh, he was never somebody that we were cracking jokes with or, you know, you were... He, he was never somebody that I was looking forward to being in the ring with at that point. I'll say that much. And you know, there was speculation that um, as far as I could tell, there was, I think a time that Brian had come up to me and said that he had caught wind that Joey Mercury was putting it in his ear, not to bump for us because we're smaller. And that really set Brian off and in turn kind of set me off where it was like the fuck, you know, like this guy, you know, you have Regal and Taylor bumping for us willingly, but this guy's not going to bump for us. So there's, you know, there were times when we would be, you know, running drop kicks, nailing them. And he would stagger over and like keep himself up with the ropes and just wouldn't bump for us. And I just, I thought that was uh, grossly unprofessional. And he he just wasn't, uh, again, just not anybody I'd ever want to work with again. And wasn't somebody that I looked forward to working with at all. But but the other two, Domino and Cherry, it was like, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and the matches were easy. It wasn't like it was, you know, complex and all this stuff. It was just that there was kind of that sour note that you had to deal with um, from having a douche in the match, as we like to call them. <laughs> so... <laughs> I've, I feel like I've heard similar things, yeah, to, I, I think everyone, yeah, from him. But that's cool. You had good experiences with them overall. I agree. One of the better, like, put-together packages, teams, sadly, not used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he could be responsible for that. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Um, I know that when we dropped the belts to them, Dean Malenko specifically had asked me to do the same bump that I did at the Rumble. Um I think he wanted 
wanted them to clothesline. He, he would literally ask me to do the same Snitsky clothesline spot in the rumble. And if that would be what took me out. And I vehemently just was like, Nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Um, not, not so much because I wouldn't do that for Domino. I, I sure as hell wouldn't do that for, for Snuka, but, um, but it was just because I felt that that bump lived and should have stayed and has stayed with that yeah. moment. And I didn't want to do that to Gene either. Um, I would never do that to, to Gene and take that away from him. So uh, I turned it down and I think I ended up just doing like a moonsault that I missed to my stomach on the floor. And that's what kept me down, like blah, blah, blah. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> Those were also like, those were a Michael Hayes project from what I understand. Like that was his idea and his, you know, his baby. So, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall early when they came on board that um, the emphasis was going to be on them and not us. And uh, even though I think, you know, we went over on them in a pay-per-view once at the early part of that feud, but I don't know. I when I think back to the to the many matches that we had and the different teams that we worked with, that's that's usually not um, a team that I think like, oh yeah, it was such good times and such good matches, and and it's because of him, you know, unfortunately. But um, but whatever, you know, he he's more known for dropping Undertaker on his head, I guess, uh, being a cameraman at Mania. So. Yep. Well, Ben, you got your money's worth out that question. Yeah, God. <laughs> I'm a talker. So, now people are going to think that like I'm the one taking breaks, and <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Rex, hey, Paul, have you ever worked with Tony Mama Luke? Any stories of him? This is hilarious. Like that, these would go back to back. Uh, love Tony Mama Luke. Um, great guy. I was a huge fan of his when I was very much a mark uh, watching ECW on like TNN. I remember specifically just like loving this spot that he did with uh, God, it might've been with Mikey Whipwreck. I'm not quite sure, but he would do, I think he would jump off the second turnbuckle to the floor. Like he would be on the apron. He would do, the uh, twisting cannonball onto somebody on the floor. But uh, I don't know why I think it's Mikey Whipwreck that he was working with. Either way, moved out of the way, and Mama Luke did this off the second rope to the floor, twisting cannonball, and landed in the guardrails. And (laughs) it was basically where the two guardrails connected. He landed in that little slot in between, and he just looked just folded up. And I just thought that is the most incredible bump I had seen in, in memory. It was amazing. And I thought, God, clearly he's broken like this guy. There's no way that didn't just shatter him. Cause he's not a big guy, you know, he's pretty skinny. Um, but uh, had some interactions with him at ring of honor. I think um, just always a great guy. When I, when we would talk, definitely, definitely a fun guy to be around. Um, but then fast forward to, I want to say ECW at the Hammerstein. 
Um, Renee had worked Balls Mahoney, I want to say, on the opener. Basically, Brian and I were the tag champs, and we weren't on the SmackDown pay-per-view, which at that point, you know, was still disappointing. Like, we're the tag champs, and we're not defending these on the on this on the pay-per-view um but i remember vince specifically came up to us and said uh we're we're putting you guys we're having you go to ecw so our our week was extended by like a day or two because then we had to go from smackdown to new york i'm not exactly sure how the schedules matched up but that's where that joke comes where he was like because we we want you guys to be on on the on the big ecw show uh because the show needs star power (laughs) (laughs) and we just thought come on man that's like come on (laughs) really is that is that how you're looking at it um and it's funny because we worked the italians mama luke and guido and it was definitely one of my favorite matches uh that i had ever had there um, maybe ever as a tag match because we came in and the New York crowd was just just ripping us, like hated us because we represented, you know, the evil empire. And Guido, <laughs> Guido uh, was very much a, a mainstay, and and Mamaluke as well. But they were they were ECW through and through. So immediately we were, you know, they were just just hating us, right? So it was fun to be heels for a while um but the reason this match really stood out to us is because we went out there and ended up turning the crowd with our performance and really won them over um and it was it was just it was one of my absolute favorite matches um which funny enough didn't even make the show when the show aired that match was omitted from the show so Take your fucking star power and shove it up your ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, the show needs star power. <laughs> uh, but but the reason, uh, one of the things that stood out my, in my mind in that match yeah. was uh, there was a spot towards the end where I went to do the big dive over the top, front flip onto Tony, and he basically just put out like a hand and so I literally took the big flip bump to my back on the floor. And um, I remember Brian was selling on the floor from the, the, the move just before that. And he breaks selling and gets up and just palm strikes Tony right in the face for not catching me. And that was one of those moments that I felt... Um, that I was, I was happy to have Brian as my partner because say what you will about him, but like he was a loyal partner in that regard. And, uh, but that was just something that always stood out to me that he, he stood up for me in that moment, you know, cause I'm sitting here and I just took this big flip bump to my back and it was nasty. Uh, but I wasn't about to just hop right up and be like, motherfucker, like, why didn't you catch me? Um, but it was just one of those things, you know, not everybody is capable of catching or being somebody that you want to flip onto, you know, uh, he wasn't one of them. 
and we didn't have like heat or anything after that, but that's just one of those things that kind of stood out in my mind. Um, but I had, I had one of the crew guys uh, edit that match onto a tape and give it to me. So I had that. That's cool. So yeah, it was cool. I mean, cause we, otherwise we, no one would ever know that it existed. Like I said, it yeah. didn't air, which was a real shame because it was easily one of the best matches of the night. Um, so, oh, well, <laughs> did you do that with any other matches ever? Like get them to make you tapes of those? Uh, not that I can remember. It was that one and that one, that one specifically. I mean, there was, you know, there were perks to the job that like, if you wanted a compilation tape of past superstars, you could get that. So I had a ton of rockers, uh, tapes that were custom made for me um heart foundation you know um just yeah i had i had a lot of tapes that i had the office make for me um just kind of for my own yeah not just for study but just because i was just such a fan of these of these matches you wouldn't get to say like well i specifically want this man you would just kind of take what you can get but it was cool nonetheless that's awesome so yeah Got a couple of movie questions here, Paul. Oh yeah, Paul. November eleventh tomorrow. Some favorite war movies. What does November eleventh have to do with Veterans, Veterans Day. Day? Oh God, I'm embarrassed. Of course, I was just, I was, I was, was quizzing joking. you guys. Yeah, yeah, I was quizzing you guys. <laughs> favorite war movies. Um, I'm a huge fan of Band of Brothers. I think that's one of the most phenomenal shows series that ever ever got put out there uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that one Spielberg yeah. uh, but I thought Band of Brothers phenomenal what were you going to say? Starship Troopers count as a war movie so I fucking yeah. love that movie yeah Starship Troopers phenomenal um, I just met Casper Van Dien wow. last, last month he was at my brother's wedding Really? Um, yeah, they're they're chums. Uh, oh, dude! So, are we gonna make our announcement? And then that can lead into Casper Fandine. Yeah, I don't know that he would come on board as a guest. I don't know. Uh, it was. I'll make it happen. I will yeah. make it happen. I love Casper Fandine. So one of them guys. He should have been a bigger deal than what he was. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, fucking jaw for it. I was also a big fan of Thin Red Line. I think a lot of people think that was kind of boring, but I loved Thin Red Line. I, I, I found myself watching the Thin Red Line more than I did Saving Private Ryan. Um, and uh, I think Saving Private Ryan is obviously a big standout. Um, both just are these huge ensemble casts, but. Uh, very accurate, um, but then you take something like *Inglorious Bastards*, and I love that yeah, film I was about as well. That. I was you know, about that's, that, yeah. that's such a such a great great movie. Um, there's a lot of yeah, the war stuff is definitely more in my dad's wheelhouse, um, but you know, yeah, those are those are the ones that kind of stand out to me at the top of my head. Um, 
some might come back in a little bit and I'll, I'll blurt those out and I'll be like, uh, we're well past that question. So. <laughs> hey Paul, you're in a slasher. Do you survive? If you get to, if you get killed, do you want it to be off screen? Why would you want to be killed off screen? Right. <laughs> if you're not, if you're on a, sorry, if you're in a horror movie, you want to be killed on screen. Okay. Being killed off screen might as well not be in the movie. Or would you want a cool, gory death? Can Renee be a killer? Didn't Renee star in a horror movie? This icon looks really? like it's from a. This icon looks like it's from a horror movie as well. No, that's pages six deep. Oh so, Jesus! Yeah, something pretty infamous. So that's a different type of horror movie, isn't it? But I'm bummed. Uh, it was horrible <laughs> for a <her> career. <laughs> Maybe it might have been what boosted her OnlyFans. I don't know. Um. I just saw I someone. Certainly... I, I, I won't say who started their OnlyFans because I actually like the person and I'm a fan. Well, not an OnlyFan, but <laughs> <laughs> but someone we've had on the show. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to be killed off screen. That would be a waste. Uh, I I would either want to be killed like in the prologue, kind of like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in. H2O. Yeah. Um, or which I always thought was really funny too, because he gets killed before the opening credits, and then it's like, and Joseph Gordon Levitt. I'm like, not anymore. <laughs> He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was really funny. Uh I mean, I guess the ego part of me would want to be looked at as going to be like a final guy, but then you get killed in the end, like, you know, with the killer's last breath or with the cliffhanger at the end, um, you know, something kind of along those lines. Uh, but I would want it to be pretty gory. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, the gorier, the better. Uh, one of my favorite death scenes is in Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter which I think is possibly the definitive Friday the 13th Jason film. I think it's just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, for me, it's that for me, it's that or Jason lives. Okay. Yeah. I love Jason lives as well. That's my second favorite. So, but, but the character, I believe his name's Rob in uh, Friday the 13th part four. And he's like this hitchhiker kind of mysterious guy who appears uh, like maybe a halfway or a fourth into the movie, and he's looking for his sister. Like the timelines are all skewed on these Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Films, my <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but he has the funniest death in the entire franchise because you're sitting here thinking like, oh, okay, there's like this gruff kind of leading man type guy who's kind of goofy looking, but uh, – He's going to help them defeat Jason. But then he just gets killed in the basement. And he's as he's getting killed, he's yelling. And he's going, help, he's killing me. He's killing me. He's killing me. And I just thought, that is the funniest dialogue for someone who's literally being killed. Like, well, I've got something to add on to that. <laughs> so that was based off a true story. Really? So, oh. apparently, someone was getting killed down that alleyway, 
And while he's getting stabbed, he kept saying, screaming, this guy's murdering me. He's murdering me. Oh, my and, God. And people, you know, took no notice of it. And they just kept walking by. So I think that death was inspired by that. That's that's oh, sad. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. I feel bad for laughing at it now. I just thought it was so ridiculous. I I, I guess I'm sure their intent wasn't that that was going to be so funny. But yeah, it comes across funny. But yeah, that's what it was uh, inspired he's by. He's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad, though. That's just a sad reflection too of society. Yeah. That um that there would be more. I'm sure it's a prank. I'm sure it's somebody just joking or I'm not going anywhere near that. You know, um, I mean, what are you going to do in that moment? You know, it's, it's truly the, the, the fright or flight scenario where you uh, go to check it out and then possibly become a victim yourself or, or the hero, you know, or you just pretend you didn't hear it. And then you're complicit. <laughs> Something, I mean, so, so everyone, we've got an announcement. Me and Paul's making the new channel, uh, Cinemax, coming out That's real right. soon. So, Cinemax. Uh, Cinemax. Great name. Cinemarks. That's right. Thank you. Oh, doesn't yes. doesn't James Gruber. sound, when he says that, doesn't he sound like Hans Gruber from Die Hard? When yes, he puts on that, do that again. Cinemax. Cinemax. Cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah, we're we're gonna have we're actually we're we're still working on the graphics. We're gonna try and get a graphic of James falling from a building, slow motion. <laughs> That's the greatest story of all time. Uh, great. You know the story, don't you? No, please no. share it for no. us. Oh, so so it, it's all planned. So I said, right, Alan Alan Rickman, we'll count down to three and then we'll drop you. It's like okay. So they go one, two, and then they drop them. So that <laughs> shocked expression was genuine because he was expecting three, then drop. So it was got one, two, and it's like, like that. absolutely genius. Oh yeah, I love Die Hard. Die Hard's probably the greatest Christmas movie there ever will be. Ever. I'm I agree. Glad you're on that side of the fence. Oh, so we're all there. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Jingle certainly. all the way, number two. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I love Jingle all the way. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, uh, Scrooge, Matt, Bill Murray. Scrooge is pretty awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, they're doing. They did. A, there's a sequel to a Christmas Story coming out this month, I think. I haven't seen Christmas Story. <laughs> okay, uh, new announcement. Cinemarks <laughs> has just been canceled. Uh, it's not we're actually it's not called we're Cinemark. Not, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my god, you have to see this movie. It's 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 a timeless tradition. They literally play it 24 hours back to back. During and there's that. a new one you said? Yeah, there's a sequel and most of the I'm pretty sure I know the kids for the most part are all coming back. Um the bully, I don't well, think the father the is Freddie Freddy yeah. Jason. Yeah. The one in the bathtub, ain't he? That's right. That's right. Um, I met him. He's a really, really cool guy. Uh, very cool guy. And I, I loved that that shot of him in 
Freddy vs. Jason, where he's oh, coming out of the bathroom. Death in the movie. Because he, he really looks freddy Yeah. Yeah, and he, he really looks like Freddy in that moment. And, uh, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, there's a sequel to it, and I think it's shot. I mean, it's finished. It, it's just kind of – I just caught wind of it a couple days ago that it was coming out. Um, I don't know on what platform, but that should be pretty interesting. Um, but let, but going back to the falling from a building uh, thing is is okay. So the Hans Gruber one um, is phenomenal and it looks great. Now, my other favorite one is from RoboCop, where Ronnie Cox is like shot and he falls out the window at the end and for some reason his arms are like 10 feet long. <laughs> Do you remember that? He's like, and his arms are like just so long. It's so ridiculous. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was like a bad claymation puppet or something that they used. I don't know what they did, but it, I mean, it looks great. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Stop motion I, wouldn't, there. I wouldn't, yeah. Stop motion. I wouldn't have it any other way though. Now. Oh, like, no. it, yeah. That long arm thing is just, it's kind of like Freddie in the, in the alleyway when his arms are extremely long, but that was obviously intentional. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm just picturing the, 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 you know, the editing uh, on RoboCop and they're like, think anybody's gonna notice uh ah, just leave it <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't they didn't the thing was right they didn't foresee that you know we would start getting hd and 4k tvs i mean so, this was you could you could see this from the movie screen at the theater i mean oh, it's yeah, so both, blatant yeah. yeah oh my god it's so funny one of my Great favorite deaths <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and going back to my death scene, I would definitely insist that I die with my eyes open, which is one of my absolute favorite kinds of deaths. When somebody's just like, you know, they're like, I just don't, I don't. <laughs> I just freeze like this. <laughs> I love a, an open eyed death. What if someone comes so no and eyes and out of respect, they always do that. See, I always wanted that to happen to where I always thought this would be really funny, like either in a real movie, I guess it would be ridiculous, but or in like a scary movie type thing where they have like a dramatic death and the character dies with his eyes open and then someone comes in out of respects, closes their eyes, and then the eyes just pop back open. <laughs> Well, what my sister had, not me. Yeah, right. Yeah. What your sister had. My sister. No, you had a sister, James. Uh, I do now. Sister. You have a sister. I do, actually. Paige. Do you really? Oh, yeah, she's married. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> okay, uh, she's married. Okay, <laughs> don't get any ideas. Stay away. From she's me. married. <laughs> me, jeez, come on. Thoughts uh, on Saraya's return and feud with Brit? Don't care. Hopefully, she doesn't break her neck. I don't know, and the other one doesn't break her nose. So, 
seems to be the thing with both of them. Neck and nose. Neck They're neck and nose apart. It's Vicky's lazy eye. I get we get this question every week. Uh, do you remember Palmer Cannon? Is is Palmer Cannon HBK's lazy eye? Maybe he's just. Do you guys do you guys remember me? Like, y'all, y'all must have something to say about me. Come on, guys. I bet you that I bet you there's been a few here like with pseudonyms. Possibly. Get, I wouldn't be surprised. I do remember Palmer Cannon. Um, he was in Deep South for a little while. Always a very cool guy. I liked him a lot. I thought he was uh, just a polite, respectful guy. And that could be why he maybe didn't last as long there and why he was uh, under under the microscope. I, you know, nice, polite, just respectful people there don't seem to mesh too well um, in the atmosphere there. And... Uh, I don't remember. There's like some vague memory of him going to wrestlers court. I don't have any idea what it would have been for what reason, um, other than to just try to make him snap. You know, I don't know. Would y'all have any tidbits on, on that? I I don't know. I know JBL was pretty hard on them. Right. And, Man, I think he was on the main roster for literally weeks, wasn't he? On SmackDown, I yeah, just remember. disappeared. Remember yeah, yeah. Um, good guy. Yeah. You know, he was a good worker too, from what I remember. Because yeah. he was like, um, I think his gimmick was like, he, I don't know, like he was a network executive or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, a few people asked about him, so, I, I, um. I'll try and uh, find these details. I'll find and see if I can invite him because these are the stories you don't really hear from these people. It's like when we had uh, mm-hmm. Chad Wicks and Tank Toland and done like their story. Like you've heard one side from it all this time, but then you actually hear their side of the story, and it's completely different to how like a lot of other people's told it. So um, uh, I was there for that drunken fight that they had in Mexico City mm. in the in the catering room. Or in the catering area of the hotel, it was pretty sad. Yeah, I think I like, uh, I like the, Chad Wicks and Tank. They were they were good dudes. Well, like the the main thing that night is like they was bullying Chad Wicks into saying he was gay. And yeah, which I don't, I don't think he. I, I mean, unless he's full blown. I don't think he is. I think he just no, said that to get them to shut up, you know? like. Well, Tank Tullin said, like, Orlando Jordan was there. And Orlando was supposed to stood up. Hey, Chad, I know gay, and you're motherfucking gay. Yeah, but that's one of those things where you're trying to get, like, the locker room behind you, and you're trying to, you know, get over with the boys and stoke the fire and that kind of bullshit, you know what I mean? And... Um, I mean, I guess he would be an indicator, but, uh, or a gauge. Um, but I, I wouldn't take anything that dude said at all. I mean, the fuck does he know? 
about anything. He knows the um, rock. He knows, he knows Italian. He knows Italian boys. Drain. <laughs> <laughs> but Chad Wicks and Tank were both respectful guys who did their best. They tried their hardest and just one of those locker room things where they got fucked with and it just drove them out, you know? Right. Uh, Sammy Borson. Hi, lads. Thoughts on Angel Hat. Also, who's the best actor, De Niro or Rock? Wow, that's tough. Um, I, I love Angel Heart. Um, it's, it's not it's not like a go-to film. I do really, I, I think it's a highly underrated film. Um, but a lot of people don't realize this, but Mickey Rourke was a sex symbol early in his career. I mean, he was like the guy, you know? I mean, he was literally like the guy. And him and De Niro, both New York actors, um, I think they're both actor studio guys. And... Uh, you know, when you compare the careers, obviously De Niro has had the longevity, but you know, I think Mickey Rourke is such a badass, but also hurt his own career very much early on by leaving and going to do boxing professionally, which I think, from what I gather, really fucked up his face. Yeah. And um, then he. He came back. Uh, was it in Get Carter or something? I'm not sure, but I know that he owes a lot of a lot to Stallone for for giving him a shot uh, in returning. But then he started making a lot of kind of, you know, I think he was like the bad guy in Double Team or something with Jean Claude and Rodman. Um, but but Mickey Rourke is a phenomenal actor. I mean, say what you will about him, but you know. I'm a huge fan of 80s action films and whatnot. So, like, when you take a film as recent as, like, the first Expendables movie, the absolute best scene that has actual acting, like, just straight up acting at its purest form is the Mickey Brook scene where he's talking about the girl that he lost. Um, it's a it's a it's an amazing scene and he's not in the movie very much um i think that might just be like basically his that is his main scene but um the guy's phenomenal you know and he's as legit as they come i mean you take something like iron man 3 you know and he literally flew to russia oh he's number two oh no i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry iron man 2 um, where he, he, you know, he flew to Russia and met with Russian prisoners so that he could study them and, and, and learn their dialect and like get their language down. And it just, uh, I mean, it's like, this is Iron Man two we're talking about, you know, which I think is the best one personally, because I'm, I do actually, and Devin says it's the worst, but I think it's the best. Oh no, it's the best one. I mean, I'm a Sam Rockwell Mark, so I'm. Yeah. biased um but i yeah to me that's the best one by far um so it's hard to say uh because i'm a huge de niro fan as well taxi driver is one of my favorite movies of all time 
And uh, I think I'd like to think there's a there's a bit of Travis Bickle in all of us. <laughs> uh, the only problem with De Niro, like, and he's uh, obviously he's done lots of great movies, but later on in his career, last 10, 15 years, it just seems like he's just playing a parody of himself now, like Robert De Niro. But, yeah, I haven't kept up with as much of his films later, you know, but that, that that's honestly, that can be said for most big, big star actors is that like early in their careers, their films are vastly better. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you know, people, people could, I mean, I don't know. Nicholson has been one that has really been steadfast and greatness throughout where he was absolutely amazing early on, but then still continued to do amazing work later in his career as well. So So we're talking about... He retired a while ago. You're talking about like you don't like like Meet the Parents or Meet the Fockers? Oh, no, I like Meet the Parents Meet the Fockers, but when he's doing other stuff as well, and I'm like, it just seems like it's just Robert De Niro playing Robert De Niro. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Because I like Robert De Niro, but I'm just saying that just seems to be his go-to now. I think it's a, I think it's a testament to his range, though, as well. I mean, nothing against, not saying that Mickey Rourke doesn't have the range, but I'm trying to think of like family comedies right. that Mickey Rourke has done, and I, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank. You know, um, he definitely approaches his work as as serious as an actor as you can imagine, you know, and I know he didn't do himself very many favors recently with his comments about Tom Cruise, um, who say what you will about Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise is an absolute mega star. And I think he's an amazing actor as well. Um, given the right material, I think one of Tom Cruise's absolute greatest performances was in Tropic Thunder, you know, where he's playing this. this, Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. Amazing. And we're talking about a guy who does at least 90% of his own stunts. This is Flaming Dragon. Well, Flaming Dragon, shut the fuck up. Oh, God, let you eat my ass. I will fuck your face. (laughs) (laughs) I love Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder's up. It's it's weird. They say it's a film that can't be made today, which is true with today's climate. But I fucking love that film. It's so funny. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is just, he got nominated for an Oscar for it, didn't he? Best Insane. And it's it's amazing. uh, But he's just hilarious in it. But, I love McConaughey uh, in that film. McConaughey is <laughs> hilarious in that film as well. well like, I mean, All right, but... you killed a hooker. This is what you do. Get it. Shit ton of lime. Shovels. <laughs> He's like going through the whole process. <laughs> like, I thought Jack Black was amazing in that too. I thought oh like, my God. yeah. What, it's, what's, it's definitely... uh, what's the other guy? Is it Al, uh, Al Camino and Al Capino, uh, Cacino? Uh, Al Cacino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And what is Danny Jr. The the, it, the booty it, sweat thing? Yeah, him and that ass drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously, simple joke. Never go for a weed. Champagne never go yeah. for a weed. Yeah. So good. 
World braces, yeah. Ping so pong champion for the World War. That bitching retarded. It was a funny reference. Fucking Daniel Day so Lewis. <laughs> was it my left foot? Some of that. <laughs> yeah. God. I would say that Team America, I love Team America, World Police. Because yeah. especially you watch it so many years later and it stands up because, like, the actors, the, you know, the film actors guild. <laughs> right. And it's so reflective of how actors are these days. They, they want to be, oh, we should do this for the environment mm-hmm. and this, like that. And it's right. aged so well because that's what they are that, like, they try and preach to you. And um, it's so funny. That's kind of the dream is to to attain the status of like Trey Parker and Matt Stone who can literally yeah work for themselves and make fun of any and everybody and say anything they want um to where it's like a badge of honor to be made fun of by those guys you know like maybe not to everybody <laughs> you know um I love but, um, basketball as well Basketball yeah. movie. Uh, but yeah, like, Orgasmo. Uh, what was the uh, the the can- Cannibal the musical? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen Book of Mormon yet either. But um, yeah, I, think, I haven't either. I think one of my favorite stories. I forgot if it was for Team America or it was for South Park the movie, and they attended the Oscars because they were nominated for like best original score. Well, they were wearing the dresses, or well, yeah, because uh, Trey, yeah, Trey Parker was offered, you know, that, that and he's plus one, and he did, and he thought I'll bring Matt, and both of them was just high off threads on mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think they hilarious. were dressed as. I think one of them was dressed as like Jennifer Lopez or something, like had the same Matt dress. Stone. Matt Stone, yeah. Was Matt, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but the thing is, it's uh, they call it grandfathered in uh, because they've been doing it for so long now. You just can't cancel like South Park or anything like that now because mm. it's been on there for so long. Right. I'll yeah, always love the South here. Park wrestling episode. Oh, it's so good, and it's just so. These are these yeah. are good wrestlers. We'll see how they mature in the third act, and he's got like those like opera goggle things on. He, like. Puts it. <laughs> My, my my favorite one, I forgot her name, uh, Denise or something, Cartman is, I've had five abortions. So later oh, on the episode, you've got the guy that's singing, I want to be a pro wrestler, fight the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Mama, why did you abort me as a child? <laughs> and one of the crowd's like, he's a laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me I, that isn't real. <laughs> So you can take your gay pawn and get the white hell of this bar. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the greatest episodes. I love South Park. So well, good. We're going to try and fly through these super jets. <laughs> hey, Paul, thoughts on Hoovy and Kalisto training Sasha Banks? Did they? Yeah, because people, yeah. Started com- people commented underneath the Instagram post. Kiff me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's getting further. God, created a monster. I love Hoovy, man. Like, I've, people I like think Hoovy. we're clowning on him, but like, I really like Hoovy. Fun guy to be around. Um, I mean, I, yeah, 
those great talents. Um, I wrestled Callisto when he was Samurai del Sol oh, wow. just before he, uh, not too long before he went up there and we had a, we had a lot of fun. Um, great guy. Um, yeah, I mean, it shows, I mean, she's considered what one of the top five female talents in the world. So, um, you take someone of her status and just wants to continuously improve and learn and learn. I mean, it's, that's why you have greats and that's why you have everybody else, you know? So the true thing with wrestling is you'll never learn everything. And if, and it goes for like anything really in life. If you approach things with the mindset that, you're always willing to learn and you approach things with an open heart. Um, it can only benefit you, you know, it can only benefit you. And, uh, and I think, you know, obviously that's, that, that holds true, you know? Um, so I, I respect the hell out of anybody who approaches their life in a sense of being open to learning, whether it's from, a 50 year vet or somebody who's brand new, you know, there's always more to learn and there's always people we can learn from. So absolutely. Hey, you just wanted to flip sides, huh? <laughs> That's it, get on. Jonah's Jonah's big hill turn. I'm in the top left corner. <laughs> Any stories working with Xavier in our age? Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, man, what a loss. What a loss. Uh, so young and just... Yeah. Um, loved working with Xavier. I'd say he's one of those guys that <clears throat> helped me out a lot in terms of helping put me on the map um, by the matches that we had together. I mean, he was a big guy. I don't think people realize like he was probably close to two thirty, you know, and he was doing like um Arabian press moon salts and uh I mean extremely talented guy. Um so I wish I wish the career would have worked out better for him. I felt like he always deserved to be on a on a bigger stage and uh and to attain bigger status but absolutely loved working with them every match that we had together you know because i had world championship matches with them that was a match like i remember i think it was at the ring of honor one year anniversary show we were at the elks lodge in new york and i had just worked i worked a three-way with loki and aj styles and we must have gone at least 25 minutes. And then Xavier was the big heel champion comes out and he's like, you're going to get your match and it's going to happen right now. So it was like, I just did 25 minutes plus with AJ and low key. And then had to do another 20 something minutes with Xavier. And at the beginning of that match, I'm sloppy because I'm just gassed. But then Somehow I developed a second and third wind and it turned out to just be a real uh, 
feather in our in both our caps. I mean, it was it was it was always a pleasure to be in the ring with them. But um, one of those guys that you just you always looked forward to seeing in the locker room as well because he's always smiling and um, just very very friendly and positive and just great energy to be around him. And um, it you know yeah miss him so. Um, Rex Gardner, uh, thank you guys. Remember to get James on WWE 2K22 and have him wrestle. Yeah, I'll tell you, Paul, someone made uh, me on the new wrestling game. Did they really? Yeah, yeah it's a pretty what's... good model, too. Oh, nice. Nice. What's the what's the, what's the Kermit tie-in? I don't know. <laughs> it's the Kermit the Frog, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so that's just that's just out of left field. Yeah, it must be an inside joke. The fans has got what I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> James and Kermit. Yeah, please. that's right. Fill us in. Um, Randstone, Hangman Page, thoughts on the Teddy Hart documentary coming out? That should be fucking hilarious. See, I don't know anything about it. I think I just saw a glimpse of it from the comments earlier in the stream, but. Do y'all know more about this? I don't know. I didn't know that was happening. No. Yeah, me neither. I think Peacock. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, how do you? I mean, I would imagine some filmmakers familiar with Teddy thought like this will make an interesting story, which I agree. Um, drama and controversy sells tickets, and uh, he certainly has had quite a lot of it. Um, I think he's had a pretty tragic life um, and just the things that he's been exposed to from such a young age and dealt with. And I'm not saying like he's done himself any favors, obviously later on in his life, but I would watch it. You know, I would certainly watch it uh, if it's legit. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not saying it's not, but I just, yeah, this is news to, to all of us, I think. And uh, I'll keep my eyes out for it because, like I said, yeah, I'd watch that. I'd love to see what they what they dig in on um, and how in-depth they go on a lot of these controversies. Cool. Uh, big pea brain. Just got back from my lunch break and now have a Kiff Me Randy shirt on the way. Can't wait for the Dr. Hoovy shirt. It's yeah, we quick. yeah we gotta I gotta talk to Renee. We gotta figure out what this what the what the cut is of these shirts. You know? <laughs> that was one of the things I saw on the Reddit thread was like that he that it was like now we know where all the donation and merch money is going to. <laughs> yeah, this is addiction, his big oh, habit. So I hope that's not the case. Jesus. Uh, Josh Cafe, thoughts on David Gordon Green's Exorcist? I think we had touched on this at one point, but like, I love the original Exorcist. It's not one of my favorite horror movies. Like, it's not like, oh my God, we have to watch The Exorcist. I will definitely watch it if it's available and on. And I'll, I'll certainly watch it over most films. Um, but it, it, it's, it's not one that, you know, I list as like one of my absolute favorite horror films of all time, but I do think it's incredible. Um, 
with that said, uh, with the recent Halloween trilogy, um, I guess I have some curiosity to see what David Gordon Green would do with another horror property. Like, is he going to add goofy stuff to it? Is he going to, you know, or is he actually going to try and make something scary this time? Um, and I can't say I have a lot of faith in, in the latter. So it's not one that I'm circling on my calendar, but you know, if it's something where you're on a flight and you've got hours and hours to kill and that's an option. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd give it a chance for sure. Um, who knows? I think it's still very, very early to tell, but from what I've seen so far, I'm not, I don't have the highest expectations. You guys would know better. I'm trying to, uh, I was going to, I was going to say, which Freddy movie did I just watch? I don't know if it was one of the newest ones or not. My, my horror movie knowledge doesn't run as deep, but Freddy's makeup is horrible. It's probably the worst that I've ever seen. Probably part five. Was it considered not the best Was he on a skateboard? Is there like a baby? Is there? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it's the loop. Is it 2010 where he looks like Pumpkinhead? Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't Robert England. It was, uh, um, Jackie O'Haley. Jackie O'Haley. There's probably that one. Did it look like it had CGI in it? Yeah, in it, and it was horrible. And the story is story from Freddy always the same. This one it said that the parents like wrangled him into a into yeah, like 2010. a workshop and burned him. Yeah, okay. Could not. Yeah, we put that one on for Halloween, and it just I struggled to stay awake for that one. I did not enjoy that Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah, that's it right there. That's his name. Yeah, I watched Something it like twice, and I, I won't watch it again. Twice. <laughs> well, I watched, <laughs> I watched it the once in the in the cinema, and well, I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, it's okay." And then I watched it again, like when it came out on DVD. I didn't buy it; I rented it, and I watched it. I was like, "Yeah, this is shit." I had such hopes for that. I had such hopes for it, and it was just uh, very bad. How how recently did you watch? Yeah, that's it. This this Halloween, this Halloween, we put it on at night too. Like we just we had gotten back a few friends of mine at like two maybe, and we put that on. It was the perfect way to just end the night because everybody was asleep by like half, probably halfway through. There was no that'll was do no it. Gore. Was, yeah, if you're looking for a movie to put you to sleep, that'll do it. Yeah, it's it's bad. Sorry. Um, Do you I, need to step off screen, James? And it's, <laughs> it's not my cocaine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, Paul, would you ever consider a gay role? What if they asked you to kiss another dude? Great question. Um, my manager actually just ran a gay role by me. And asked me if if he wanted me to submit for that role, and um, I unfortunately had to pass for other reasons. But um, I would, I would, I would, I would do a gay role, and um, 
it's it, it it all it all goes into the material if the material is well written and the character is you know and it's a it's a strong part um absolutely as an actor you want to flex as many different muscles as you can and you want to show um different sides of you and i think the challenge is very enticing. Um, not that I'm like, Oh God, I would love to be in a, in a role to like kiss guys or, you know, I think if, if it wasn't something like, um, you know, if it was like more showgirls esque, then I'd not be keen on it, you know? Um, but if it was something that had a strong story behind it and I felt, had the right filmmakers behind it. Ultimately, it always comes down to the story and the writing. I feel like, does this seem like something I'm capable of doing? And um, with great writing and great story and um, well-written characters, um, you know, you're a fool to to turn down any of those parts uh, for something that you might think might receive negative um, backlash from, from a certain part of your life or from a fan base or something. I think, um, yeah, no, I don't know if that answers the question. I think it does, but um, no, if, if it's a strong character and it's well-written and there's a great team behind it, absolutely. I would. So I mean, look at something like Milk, you yeah. know, phenomenal. As all strong actors, the cast is amazing. Oh, right, we'll fly for these last couple. Um, let me fucking do it, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a delay. I'm on the left side of the screen now. Uh, hey, fellas, big fan. I'm from the city of Baltimore. What are your favorite memories of wrestling in Baltimore? Oh, so Renee, I never got my autograph picture for my screen name. Fuck, that was a long time ago. Uh, if you email Cafe Day Renee at yahoo.com, I'll forward the message on to Renee and uh, he'll get you sorted out. Uh, Paul? Renee, he'll, he'll send that once he gets back from Columbia. <laughs> yeah. That's Any why memories? he had to leave. Any memories from Baltimore? The Baltimore. We're talking about the wire. That's where the wire takes place. Did you know Baltimore has its own accent? Yeah. Yeah. It has its own Baltimore. accent. Baltimore. People from it's there great. Yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, uh, I don't have any like wrestling uh, match wise memories of Baltimore. But um, two memories I do have of Baltimore are um, getting to meet the the drummer from Faith No More because he was there with Ozzy when Ozzy Osbourne was there. Uh, Mike Borden. So getting to meet Mike Borden backstage was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Uh, just total mark out moment. Um, and I don't know if it was the same 
the same day. It might have been the same day, actually. Another memory I have of Baltimore was, I don't know if y'all remember the Shane twins. Um, they were the Gemini, another short-lived tag team. Maybe. And they were the they were the Johnsons in TNA, um, but they were these two twin brothers who were uh, big, bald, jacked guys, and so they were up uh, up at WWE for a little while. I mean, they had figures made, so they weren't like yeah. just there for a cup of coffee. But yeah, the yeah the Jim and Jake I, Jake and Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they yeah, were the Shane, yeah. the Shane twins is how they were mostly known in the industry. Great dudes, like really good guys, really good guys. Um, but, you know, they were a bit older. So <laughs> people are going to think that I'm taking digs here, but I'm just just telling it how it was and just bringing up a memory. When you say Baltimore, this is something I always think of. So <laughs> our friend in Houston – uh, Mr. Five Time, um, Booker T loves his Red Bull, or at least he used to, right? So he would drink Red Bull after, like, you talk about chain smokers, he was like a chain Red Bull drinker. Um, just Red Bull after Red Bull, right? And in the locker rooms, you have these big, um, bins full of ice that have all the drinks in them for the locker room. And there's a couple bins. So, you know, Gatorades and sodas, you know, because who wouldn't want a, a nice Dr. Pepper before you go out and perform, right? <laughs> uh, so Booker had all these Red Bulls because he would bring all his Red Bulls to the, like, the, I don't know. I'm surprised he's not been sponsored by Red Bull. But anyways, he would bring his Red Bulls. And on this occasion, and everyone knew if it's a Red Bull, it's probably Booker's, right? So he would bury his Red Bulls into these ice bins um, when we got into the locker room. And you just, for the most part, everyone knew, like, okay, that's probably Booker's, you know. Don't touch them. Well, these guys were new, and they didn't know any better. Like, why would they? So they just figured, hey, if it's in the ice bin, it's fair game for anybody, right? <laughs> and, uh, and it was literally like... Like Booker walking by a haystack and noticing like a piece of hay missing, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, man. And then we go, oh no, hell no, hell no. Who did it? Who took it? And he just like threw this huge fit, kicked the whole bin over. Ice and drinks went all over the locker room floor. Just went off on these guys because they eventually were like, uh. This, was this yours? And he's like, oh, tell me. Tell me you didn't just take that. You know? And, uh, and and he, to give you an idea of how long he was chewing them out, he cornered one of them and was chewing them out for taking a Red Bull. They didn't go through the ice bin and confiscate all the Red Bulls. They just took a Red Bull that was like just sitting on top because... Why wouldn't they? Why would they know, right? It wasn't like he wrote his name on it or something. Like, you know, the, the college 
dorm or the you know like the write your name on the your food in the refrigerator so no one else takes it um how would they know so why i think he even tried to give it back to him like well it was like half drink but he was sitting there chewing out one of them for so long that the brother was able to sneak out get in his car drive to the store <laughs> buy a case and bring it back and present it to him I was like, hey, sorry, you know, Paul, yeah, but don't let it happen again, you know, and like grabbed it and stormed off. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just one of those things you're just like, the fuck is, is this real? Like, is this really <laughs> happening? Like, what the fuck is this, man? Are you kidding? So yeah, probably not the, the memories of Baltimore that you're hoping I would. Uh, actually, in Baltimore is also where the Dwayne phone call took place. Right. That's a special place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I do remember also the night before, the first time I went to Baltimore, it was leading up to a pay per view, I think. And um, I was hanging out with Zach Gowan, who's a friend of mine. Zach's amazing. I would love to get Zach on the show. And um, we were walking around a mall. I can't remember what mall it is, but it's the mall that has medieval times in it. And we were walking just this is the night before uh, we had any kind of responsibilities. We were there just going to have dinner or something. We're walking in this mall and lo and behold, Virgil has a table (laughs) set up in the middle of this mall. And it's like WWE superstar Virgil. And I thought like, oh, my God. Of the million yeah. dollar man, maybe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a banner on the table and everything. He was just like set up in the middle of this mall. Um, and it wasn't like people were going up to the table or anything. It was like, it, I mean, it was pretty much like about like the stories that you've heard of Virgil sitting at a table by himself. But it just happened to be in the middle of this mall. And it was like the craziest shit. And uh, we, we kind of walk up and Virgil starts marking out for Zach. He's like, oh, man, you're awesome, man. Love you, man. You're just awesome. And all this stuff. And I'm like brand new. Like I had just gotten there not too long ago. And um, he had, he was like, how you liking it, man? You loving it up there? It's, just, it's awesome, right? And we're like, and Zach's like, yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm just kind of listening. And I, you know, I'm not interjecting the conversation. Uh, but then he's like, and how about those rats, man? You getting some of them rats? And uh, I think I made some comment like, oh, yeah, you know, lots of rats or something. And he's just like, he's looking at Zach. He's like, yeah, man. And he's, you don't know nothing about no rats. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you shit's awesome. And I was just like, man, fuck this guy. Um, <laughs> that was also in Baltimore. So it's funny. I have all these thoughts of Baltimore. None of them involve an actual match. <laughs> Virgil so. was like my first story of meeting a wrestler was Virgil. I was like 10 and this place in it was like Rawway Rec Center, New Jersey put on. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. Legends Rawway. of Rexplex. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was their PWS for a while. Right. Pro, you ever I'm not sure. Wrestling? That was where yeah. my ring of honor send off match with Smojo was at the Rawway at the Rexplex. They did a lot of stuff, but they did this one uh, Legends. It wasn't Legends of the Ring because I know that's Queens, but um, or no, that's I think that's Jersey. But anyway, it was something, and they they had. I was like ten. 
I was just getting into, I got into wrestling maybe like three, four years ago and Virgil was there and he, he took such a liking to like my friend and I, or so we thought we were like, Oh, this is so cool. Virgil. Uh -oh. like he's, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh -oh. we, we left that event and saw Virgil walking away with his suitcase. Um, and we were going to the pizza store and he was, I guess going to, he goes, Oh, we'll go to the pizza store like together. My dad, he had like taken us to the event and, my dad buys us he buys the table pizza for you know for virgil to to be nice virgil's like oh and and then we go from the the virgil tries to get my 10 year old friend i know there's like this random family there uh with a daughter probably around our age and virgil's trying to hook my friend up with this random girl i don't even think they spoke any english but it was <laughs> an amazing <laughs> it was such a they had no clue what was happening but then we got on the train and took it back to the city and uh and that was a nice time he sat there he actually told us i'll always remember what oh i forget what mania we were heading into i think it might have been 25 and virgil was like yeah i'm gonna be in the main event he was like i'm gonna run in i'm gonna do a run in on uh on randy or something like that <laughs> and we believed it of course but i'll always remember uh we got in like a taxi from the train so we we spent like the day with virgil at this point like heading home we all got in a taxi together and he just jumps out halfway to the destination. He's like, hey, let's pull over here. And he goes, you got it, right? <laughs> my dad and my dad's like, God. sure. And he just takes off with his bags. And uh, and that was the last we saw of him. But I just I always thought that was so funny. My dad, oh, not, wow. not a wrestling fan, just got taken for like pizza. And wow. <laughs> Did y'all ever watch that show, Arrested Development? Yeah. Um, when Carl Weathers appeared later in the series and he was like <laughs> – Tobias's acting coach or something like that, but he's like, yeah, that reminds me of Virgil in a way. Where he's like, whoa, 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 you don't, you don't want to throw away that soup bone. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Whoa, whoa, he's like, <laughs> he's putting stuff. In it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a spell with us. Yeah, he's great. It was like there was a horde, a horde of wrestling fans walking towards WrestleMania 33 Stadium in Orlando. Like must have been thousands. And for some odd reason, we just see Virgil coming the other way, waving to all of us, but walking complete opposite direction of the stadium. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's so nuts, man. Like, wow, he needs a documentary. He re yeah, he really does. I heard he wasn't doing too well <laughs> recently. Yeah. But I hope he's doing better. That's, but um, That sucks. He's a character, though. For sure. Right, I'm going to call it a night because it's quarter two over here. So I'll, I'll let you. Yeah, let's wrap good. this bad boy. Well, we, we can wrap right. it up, man. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's all good. And uh, you get some rest. And, Joni, you get some rest. And I'll get some rest eventually. And all good, man. It was great talking with you guys. And thank you to all the listeners. and all the questions uh it's always appreciated and thank you all for staying on board amidst all the uh colombian controversy yeah that was a right. legendary right. moment yeah, right. yeah good night james good night paul yeah likewise awesome. good night guys we'll see you all next week see ya all right man bye <laughs>